Welcome to Talk Amongst Yourselves, the Found Segment Movie Review Podcast, and today we are going over the best, the worst, and indeed the rest of 2021. TV, wrestling, other things maybe. Excitement? Who knows? I'm still Mike. And I'm Jared. Um, yeah, the wrestling thing. <laughs> um, this is ba- It's basically the framework for you to deliver what can only be described as the wrestling TED Talk of the year. You don't even know. Um, <laughs> we're looking forward to this. We've, For context, this is the one that we're recording last. Yes. After this, it is all 2022, baby. Yes, we've finally done with our retrospective. We've reviewed, well, by the time this is done, we'll have reviewed pretty much everything we've done yeah. in the last year. And it'll be on to new things, although mm. we've been denied already uh, Morbius. Yes. Off it goes into April. Denied. <laughs> I'm still regret you won't you won't have heard it yet, but we did a we did a a, a, a draft, draft for yes. twenty twenty two, which we recorded quite a while ago, and I stupidly pegged Michael Keaton as one of my star players. Don't know why I did that. I think it's because I was midway through Dope Sick. I am very sorry, but uh so oh, you, well, you I'm Yeah. But that could work. If Flash gets pushed, I am so dead. <laughs> Y'all fucked. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you can go listen to that over on fairentertainment.com. Potentially in the next couple of days. This is getting released and recorded in weird orders. Well, this thing, we had nothing to review in January, so we've had to stall. Yeah. Thankfully, a new Pokemon game is imminent. It's yes. a week. Well, we're recording this on Tuesday. It's a week from Friday that we're getting that. Yep. Um, just one week short of my birthday. That would have been ideal. Mm. but um, that Especially since we willed it into existence. We, you know what? That would have made it even just that little bit much sweeter. Yeah. Um, but instead, today we're here to talk about television and then etc. <laughs> well, games went on a lot longer than we thought. We had a lot to say about yeah. that. And annoyingly, the day we're recording this is the day we're releasing that video game mm-hmm. episode. And it's also the day that Microsoft just bought Activision. Right? Talk about crap timing. <laughs> like, I mean, it's good timing on Microsoft's side. Like, if they'd even tried to do this last year, it probably would have cost them double what they're paying. Yeah. But Activision stock is plummeting. <laughs> <laughs> they waited. Yeah. And they still spent $70 billion. <laughs> Which is more than Nintendo is worth. Yeah. No, Nintendo's a bit worth about 80, isn't it? 61 is their current market value. They're paying 69 for Activision. Ooh. Yeah, it's beginning to look a lot like Sega. <laughs> oh dear. So, yeah. I know we joked many years ago about Sony maybe swooping in and getting Nintendo if that Microsoft thing ever kicked off. And, uh, well, it's kicking, so... That Microsoft thing is kicking pretty hard. What's, who's, so we've got EA, Ubisoft, and then indie devs. Oh, oh take two. I take sent two. you a thing. You I did. I sent you a thing. You so certainly did. So, by... This is who we think is left in terms of major ones. Yeah. Ubisoft, EA, Take Two. I hope you're not tuning in for TV talk. <laughs> uh, Bandai Namco, Capcom, Sega, Konami, Square, and WB, who were rumoured to be on for sale mm. early on this year, um, and they're not having a great week because, well, they fucking they haven't they potentially haven't just stole Hogwarts Legacy again, and yep. apparently that game is a mess. Oh dear. <laughs> oh, no. So uh, yeah. Yee! I think Warner Brothers, like as a company, are about to have a good year with the films they're bringing out. You and think TV. so? Yeah. So like, they've just had Peacemaker. I haven't watched it yet. It's very hard to. This is happening more and more now, mm. where we. It's very hard for us to watch things legitimately mm. 
Even though I have like Sky and a pretty good package on there. I'm, I'm legitimately being... paying for HBO Max. It's just that I also need a VPN to watch it. And it's... Right, we still... We are six months after the final season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine yep. and no one's announced when the fuck it's playing in this country. No. Nope. So it's, it's getting piss take. Um, anyway, TV talk. Yes. <laughs> 2021, not 2022. We'll do that later. No. Um, right, so have you got any dishonourable mentions? Or do you want to do some... Do you, tell you what, should we do some general stuff? Yeah, that was, in the, that was middling. Things that happened in the year of 2021. Yeah. Boy, howdy did Marvel happen on TV this year. Oh, yeah. Lots of that. Um, we also got the trailer for Moon Knight last night. We did. Which happened during a sporting thing that I cared about, but I'm not mentioning it today because the Arizona Cardinals lost. <laughs> so my NFL <laughs> interest has died for another year. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah, that looks... Oh, <laughs> oh we're doing some stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, the I'm MCU... Is here. It was scattershot. It was. There was there was there was some good. Some hits. Some hits. Some, some misses. Some misses. Some very confusing ones as well. Ooh, what would that be? Well, the quagmire that is what if that we felt so strongly like just <laughs> nothing about that we were like fuck it two episodes in yeah. one. So you know it's a microcosm of the year. Some good and some some bad. Yeah. <laughs> Some real just there episodes. And that gets a second series. I mean, admittedly, Loki did as well. Loki was better. Falcon and the Winter Soldier was somehow worse. Yeah, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it wasn't bad. Mm. But grading on the MCU curve, it is. Yes. And they, they seem to have recognised that maybe TV wasn't the place for this because it's getting a sequel, but that sequel is Captain America, America 4, 4 as opposed to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the second season. Mm. So, yeah. That was snare. I haven't got Loki in my top five. Uh, Loki's at the bottom of my top five. Oh, there we go. Um, so I wanted to bring it up because it's, it's, I'd say it's at number six. That I liked what it did. That's fair. And it's got some very interesting ramifications. But there was other things that Marvel did this year that I think I preferred. Mm. Um, I mean, I have I watched no DC stuff last year. No, I've really fallen off the wagon with DC um, TV. Their movies are coming back in a strong way. Yes. You know, Joker was good. Suicide Squad was good. One mm-hmm. One was technically a film. So, you know. Yeah, real there, wasn't real it? Real there. Yeah. But, you know, The Batman next year. And, oh. <laughs> and the Peacemaker TV series, which might lead into more kind of like weird, stupid characters yeah. getting their own stuff, which yeah. I'm all for. It's getting good reviews. So that's always nice. It's got a wonderful intro. That much I have seen. Oh, I haven't seen that. It's like a proper like, 70s soundstage dance number so yeah pretty good <laughs> okay that Big Mac John doing a 70s soundstage I will have to dance show it you because they have uploaded it to YouTube yes um, right I've got a few well comedy was fine comedy was fine there's a lot of like repeats like season 3 of Ghosts was fine was fine are you watching Ghosts yeah 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 I'm, I'm good up. I'm all up. did you watch the Christmas episode from I did year? I think I liked last year's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it wasn't much of anything. Um, it's it's impressive to see how much of the makeup they put on the grey lady mm. to make her look ancient. Yeah, when she's really not that old. Nope. Like when I first saw her, then I was like, have they de-aged her? Like, no, that's her actual age, <laughs> and they just make her look fucking ninety odd. Yeah. Um, she has the funniest face in maybe all of TV right now. Yeah. Everything is just. <laughs> she's like, she's like this generation's Uncle Albert. 
Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh dear. Did you get round to watching the Goes Rung show? No. Oh my god. So sorry. Season was it two, good this year? It was good. Season one was better. Hmm. Season two was good. Um, have you got round to watching Ted Lasso yet? It's on my list to do okay. this year because I'm going to get Apple TV for a month or so. Clever. Okay, wait till season three comes out later on this year. And then just do it. And just power, power, power. Yeah. Because it's it trundled along nicely, I think is the best I can say about Ted Lasso season two. It maybe has my favourite episode, which is the coach episode, where they just give like a uh, Ted Lasso's number two... He's got like I'm trying to think of a TV character that doesn't like it. Do you know when they set up a TV character who just has like a really random backstory that you never really get fleshed out? You just hear little snippets of it here and there. Yeah. They gave him a whole episode and just explored the weirdness of London through the eyes of an American. It was great. Um, and the only one that kind of dropped off of all the stuff we watched from last year was Miracle Workers. Yeah, I've watched some clips of this, uh, but I've not got around to watching the full. Thing. Which ep- which series is the Western? Is that the- so the Western is season three. The season two was the medieval one, right? And then season one was like God mm. and like you working with the like, what if the Office but in heaven? Yeah. So which was a show I was writing when I was like fourteen. So real good season one. Mm. So so season two. Real kind of lackluster season three. But you do get a Daniel Radcliffe sexy dance. You do. You yep. very much get a what if, <laughs> what if Daniel Radcliffe wanted to play Shakira? Um, <laughs> it's, it's a, it is that level. It's a hell of a thing. Yeah. Um, I'd hate to see anyone who like wasn't aware of that. Mm. Like I, I didn't want to show my eight-year-old niece who loves Harry Potter that because yeah. I don't know how much mental scarring that would actually do. I just, I kind of wish that it was like a ver- it was like a uh, Chris Pratt gets his actual dick and balls out. On, on, on Parks and Rec situation where they told no one that would be good and it's all genuine reactions to that's Harry Potter doing yep. a sexy dance <laughs> he's going to be weird Al oh that happened today as that well that also happened today he's, hell of a day for news he's going to be weird Al he's going to be weird Al <sighs> well I thought based off this I mean in season 3 of Miracle Workers he gets his top off a lot mm. and he's skinny jacked like, yeah. like he's got a frame that you can only put so much mass onto that, but he's tacked on as much of that mass as fucking possible. <laughs> Which did make me think, holy fuck, is it true that he... Could he actually be coming fucking Wolverine? But I don't think so. Nah, I don't think anyone has enough range to play both Weird Al and fucking Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> on the, on the, the Venn... You draw the three Venn diagrams of Harry Potter, Weird Al, yeah, and Wolverine. Wolverine. Very little crossover. <laughs> Very little. Hell of a fucking. <laughs> you can do it. That's some fucking range. Yep. Um Maybe he's done like because he's done indie stuff for a while. Maybe he's like mm. it's probably time I should earn some actual fucking money again. <laughs> well, there we go. Um, oh, sorry. Speaking of superhero stuff, yes. Did you watch Invincible? I did. Mm. Really good. Real good. Right? Really good. Like I think it. Like tonally, it's a bit weird, right? Mm. That it's very mundane some of the times, and then all of a sudden hyper violent at the same like literally ten seconds later. It's it's got that Mark Miller feel, hasn't it? Mm. But like the books are like that, right? So I don't I don't disparage it for that. I think it it takes a while to get to the point where it's found the right balance. Yeah. The earlier episodes, like the the initial Omni Man massacre, mm. is just like a. Someone flicked a fucking switch. Yes. As opposed to, like, you get about seven or eight episodes in. It's like, yeah, no, this is the right mix now. With it then, yeah. I still it's, liked it. 
I still liked it. It's very jarring if you didn't tell anybody what this show was going to be about. Oh yeah, the posters gave none of this because away. up until that fight happens in the first episode, it's a pretty standard superhero show that you can watch on a Saturday morning, and it's very much not a Saturday morning <laughs> cartoon. All of a sudden, so looking forward to season two of that. Um, right, I've got a few. I've got two more I want to pick out real quick. If that's mm-hmm. okay. Did you watch Only Murders in the Building? I keep seeing recommendations to watch this, but it's got that Steve Martin Martin short combo. Yeah, that I'm not sure I gel with. Really? I'm mm, I'm not a big cheaper bite the dozen guy. So you okay, know. <laughs> fair enough. It's a bizarre fucking cast. Yeah, because yeah, Steve Martin Martin Short and Selena Gomez. That's names out of a hat, isn't it? Real, real scavish on approach there. Yep. Um, and I still don't get what Selena Gomez's appeal is. <laughs> as a singer, as an actor, as a person, I, just as a per- I don't, I don't get it. Um, but this isn't like Ariana Grande in Don't Look Up. This is like someone else. Yeah, exactly that. But it clicks real well. Huh. Like it actually, it it it's unfortunate to miss out on the top five because there is a few slower episodes where it's like right. So the, the general conceit is they're all obsessed with murder podcasts, and it's quite clearly based off serial and it's like <laughs> it's it's almost the level of Godzilla parody in like a uh, gold member mm. of how close they are to being just saying this is serial because <laughs> it's got a woman called Sa- um, Tina Fey turns up as a woman called Sarah like Schneeschnig mm. like it's that level of like you see what we're doing? It's not subtext anymore. Um, and then they someone gets murdered in their building and they're trying to pick it apart and like do it through like um like Martin Short is like an old camp like theatre director and Steve Martin's an old retired TV actor who used to play like a very famous detective, so they put together their own podcast. It's good, it's novel. I don't know where they go for season two. Like they clearly leave it open for a season two. Mm. But I, I don't know I don't know how long the charm's gonna last now that they've kind of wrapped up this first season's worth of storytelling. But worth a go. Mm. Not the weirdest show of the fucking year. No. Did you watch Nine Perfect Strangers? No, I don't even heard of this one. Right, the book is literally on the bookshelf. Rachel read it um, a few years ago and they found it. Oh, Nicole Kidman's like taking this. I don't know if, it's a, if she's got like a production company, but she's very much fucking spearheading this thing. It's, uh, it's, an Amazon, it's an Amazon Prime show. Right. Big old fucking cast for a TV show. So Nicole Kidman, Melissa McCarthy. Um, it's got um, oh, Bob Cavendale. That's his name. You'd recognise him if you saw him. I've right. probably got his name fucking wrong. And the one who was... Um, ah, young Bill and or Ted. Um, the blonde oh. one. The one who looks like Discount Margot Robbie. Oh, Samara Weaving. Her. Yeah. She's in it. Fucking so on and so forth. So, real big fucking cast for this like TV show. And it's about these nine strangers who are going to like a health retreat... Um, ran by Nicole Kidman who's doing a very Dodge Russian accent mm. and it's like you know um, I can't give away too much because spoiler point of the show but they're all you know they've all got their own backstories and it's all a bit like lost and all trying to figure out how they're connected to each other and blah 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 I bring it up it's real good Melissa McCarthy this is proof that she's like the female equivalent of Adam Sandler that she can do really good interesting deep acting performances she just fucking actively chooses not to mm. and do shite like Thunder Force Hard to believe those two films came out in the same fucking year. Strange. But the best thing about this, Michael Shannon's in it. Oh. And he's not fucking evil. Interesting. He's a good, 
somewhat doofy dad. <laughs> and it's so fucking good. I think he is. Of Michael Shannon just always being a fucking shit and a scary <laughs> bastard. That he's now just this fucking goofy dad type. It's so fucking good. Oh, it's just nice to see him. And the whole way through, because it's Michael Shannon, you're like, he's going to turn in he's a minute. He's doing it. He'll turn any fucking second now, it's going to happen. But no, he's just a good dude. I don't know if you'd like it. Mm. It's interesting. I'll say that much. And like I said, he's got a very good cast, but I it loses its way near the end a little bit of like, this is fucking mental. Mm. This would not happen. This is <laughs> deeply illegal. But um, yeah, I think that's everything in the other category for me. I say, if we're not doing the top five, I've got some stuff we can mention, which is good. Um, we actually reviewed uh, It's a Sin that came out in January. Mm. So if you want to hear more about that, uh, go listen to that. But basically... Or ru- hold on five minutes. I, yeah, I ruined it for you. Slightly. <laughs> it's fine. Um, no, go ahead, talk about it. Um, <laughs> it was just... It was fine. Like It was it was five episodes. It was well enough directed. I, mm. I didn't enjoy how the main character was a bit of a twat. Yeah... And I'm getting sick of seeing him now. Oh, he's in a lot. He's, isn't he? he's uh, you know, and, and when it was like, oh, he, he might be Doctor Who. Oh, he's having the entirety of New Year's Eve on BBC One to himself. Like, okay, I'm, I'm pretty Ollie Alexander out now. Thank yeah, you. good. Thank you. I've had enough. Thank you. So, um, yeah. Justice for Colin, who was very well acted. Fucking yeah. Colin. Um, he was on the Bake Off. Bastard. Uh, <laughs> Colin wasn't. I was very sad. Um... Yeah, I. So you say he might be Doctor Who? Have they now come out and like said he's definitely not going to be him? Yeah, or they, he still... they've said he's not. It's not going to be him. Well, like he said I'm not going to be Doctor Who. That's like what flat he... out, it's like I've heard the rumors, and I know it could be Camel to the Moon. I meant to say it could be Camel to the Moon, and it is. It is Russell T Davis doing the next series of Doctor Who. Oh, I would hate that so much because that's something we can celebrate about this year is that it's Jodie Whittaker's finally leaving Doctor Who. Have you watched oh. any Flux or whatever the fuck it was called? I've, I've read the synopses. Oh, wow. It, it's better than the previous series. That doesn't mean it's good. You have a relationship with Doctor Who I have with WWE yeah. in that I watch everything around the product. I don't actually watch that fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm not watching three hours worth of Raw. I'll watch the ten minute, five minute recap and maybe the podcast review of it later. Yeah. So I'm in the zeitgeist, but I ain't fucking watching it. I don't have to watch Raw. Fuck did you watch The Serpent? No, you told me to. I, I did. didn't get round to it. And I maintain that you should. Okay. That's what I'm going to say about it, because I'm assuming we're doing a top five, bottom five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Well, I haven't got a, quite a bottom five, but I've got oh, some shit. I've basically got like one to ten, ten being the worst thing I saw and one being the best, but right, whatever. Uh, is there anything else I can mention? Oh, wait, no, hang on. Somehow I've missed It's a Sin out of that list. It's not a top and bottom. Um, did you watch Jupiter's Legacy? No. Oh. I heard it was shite. Shite. <laughs> <laughs> it is categorically the worst thing I watched this year. Second only, maybe, to Shadow and Bone, which I gave up on real fucking quick. Same here. Yeah. That is the worst. It was like... the densest first episode. I'm like... I understood none of this. Fucking oh, thing. <laughs> like in a year that we praised Dune for being a fruitcake of a movie of just yep. fucking dense, rich sci-fi. That was trying to be dense, rich fantasy, but the way it did that was like, here's the fucking last thousand years crammed into five minutes of fucking. <laughs> we're on the sea of the blur, but then the blur and the clur went to the snow. And Why the does snur- everybody look like Russians? We'll tell you in five hours. Oh, like, oh my god. 
God, like, fuck it. The pacing is just yeah. far too quick. To, and well, th- no, it the pacing's non-existent. It's just someone reading from a fucking book. Like, <laughs> but, it, but, it's like, but then it's like, you, mean, you then put in the context five minutes of the show. Like, Game of Thrones does not do that to you. That fucking drip feeds that shit mm. in and, like, escalates it up. Whereas this starts at the top as, like, a waterfall <laughs> of information. And then you're just fucking drowned underneath it ten minutes yeah. and going... I don't know who we are, and I don't know where we're going, but the TV show seems to think that I should. So, yeah, we I don't think we've made... Maybe we've watched a bit of the second episode, but we did not get any oh, further than that. Boy, I, I somehow got further into Jupiter's Legacy. Probably because it's very, very dumb. Yeah. Like, very, very dumb. It looked... It looked I, I saw the poster and thought, that's a porn parody. Yeah, it looks cheap. It looks real cheap. Which is weird, because... This is the thing. Mark Miller's a dirty word because, like, he just does his his adaptations are really fucking scattershot. Oh. Like in terms of the ones that's worked, it's really only kick ass. Um, oh, Jupiter's ending. Jupiter's ending. Jupiter's Jupiter's legacy. Legacy is a. I didn't know that. That guy. Ah. The kick ass guy. Right. We keep getting threatened with an adaptation of Nemesis, which I actually yeah. really enjoy because it's just basically, what if the Joker had Batman's money? Right. Okay. And it's like. Fuck, it's elaborate, but stupid. Okay. And I kind of want to see that as like a car crash movie. All right. But like, this series was, ain't it? It ain't it. It's real boring. It's it's boring, stupid, outlandish, all at the same time. The costumes suck. The effects really <laughs> suck. It's like, we could do better with After Effects. It was that bad. Oh, okay. There's like a fight in a field that genuinely, for a second, I'm like, this is just, this is a YouTube sketch comedy. That's what this is. Cool. Actually, now that I think about it, I didn't give Shadow and Bone a chance, but I really was disappointed by Jupiter's Legacy, so maybe that's worst. They, maybe that is worst. They paid a lot of money to like, oh, get they the did. middle of it. They paid like... a lot of money. And and the, that's the weird thing, right? Because they've, they've now released Super Crooks, which is a better book right? and a better show. Right. Because they've made it animated. Uh... Cool. They've gone the Invincible route. And it's Was pretty Invincible good. not him? I'm going to double check that. I don't think it is. I'm pretty sure Invincible is not Mark Miller. Right. Because it felt like him. Because it is an adaptation, isn't it? It is an adaptation. Uh, it is... Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. By Robert Kirkman. It's The Walking Dead. Oh, guy. it's Walking Dead guy. Yeah. That makes more sense. Okay. Lovely. Uh, is there anything else I can talk about? Um, okay. I know you didn't watch The Witcher. So I'll just have a couple of seconds just to query. Talk, talk about The Witcher. The second series handles storytelling a lot better. It's still ongoing, isn't it? Or is it finished now? Fini- well, it, it just, oh, is it all in one day? It arrived day? all in one day. Ah, okay. um, and I still think it's really good. And mm. fuck me if Henry Cavill isn't fucking good as Geralt and continues to be good as Geralt. It's really good. Um, they, the problem with this season is that like it did that very patchwork storytelling thing where it jumped back and forth in time yeah. to try and make the plot easier to digest, which is good. In a sense. Mm. The problem now is it's gone, okay, you all watch season one, you all know exactly what's happening at all times, we're just going to tell a straightforward story. And the story itself is far easier to follow this time. It's the stuff surrounding it. The main antagonist for this season, no joke, is a haunted house. Oh. It is a house 
that is haunted. Right. It is, it is like it's like because uh, obviously it's based on like um, the Polish novels. Yeah, yeah. So like the you know like I had that you know you know when I did the Russian Pokemon thing we yes. had the Baba Yaga Pokemon yes. with the chicken leg head yes. thing. Uh, that's the villain for this season. Right. Um, and it introduces this character like oh, we should have expected this. I'm like. There's a fucking house with legs and it's hypnotising people. And it's very weird and I'm not sure why they did it that way. Right. But the actual character plot lines are really good in this season. So you've got the Geralt and Ciri plot line of training at like the witch's castle. Yes. Which is fucking good. Uh-huh. You've got the plot line of escape from the bureaucracy of mages with Yennefer. Right. And the um, the villain from last season, the, the Black Nilfgaardian knight. Yes. Uh, that's good. Then you've got like the background characters who have less good plots this season. Right. So the Mages Guild entirely is less good this season, but right. it's there. Okay. Then you've got the new, all the new characters they introduced, so like all the new witches, they're fine. Mm-hmm. They're okay. The guy who plays Vesemir is pretty good. The guy who played Lambert's fine. Ugh. The guy who played Eskel's a dick. So... <laughs> what, in real life? Or? In the show. In the oh, okay. show. Like they, they like, kind of like the character assassinated some of these. And there are differences in the book from the games. I think right. the games did it better. That's just me personally. But the, it, I, I don't know. I feel like it lacked something this season. And I think what it lacked was understanding. We should have understood everybody by now. Right. And it's, it feels like it's setting up for something bigger in season three for it to feel like it comes to a head. Mm-hmm. But not the end of the story. So where it leaves you at the end of this season is introdu- introducing the King of Nilfgaard again. Yeah. Dope. But like, it's it's play it's plopping characters in like you're supposed to know who they are, right? So like building up to the reveal of the king and Ilfgaard felt natural. Like yeah. we've we've been told all season he's that way, he's yeah. coming, and then like he arrives. Gotcha. But like they plop in. Oh, remember? Oh, here's the wild hunt. Hold on to them for another three seasons. Fucking why? Right. Uh, here's this fire magic guy. Oh no, not you. You just turned up. You just turned up. So, like, they haven't handled the tertiary cast very well. Right. Which is, a you know, you're picking at straws when you say, like, oh, these the, these one-episode characters weren't very good. Right. But it's it's doing that thing of, like, it's trying to do a Game of Thrones thing where everybody's important. you got to tra- keep track of everyone. Uh, that doesn't work for this story. The story should be about Geralt, Ciri. It's a Yen- smaller yeah. tale that they're trying to then fucking extrapolate. Well, let's see, Netflix now... If you can get a Game of Thrones going, fucking you can make a lot of money and mm. have a lot of cultural relevance. Mm. And speaking of cultural relevance, oh, sorry, uh, did any of us watch Squid Games? <laughs> I watched one episode. You've seen one more episode than me. Yeah, well <laughs> we're um, not contrarian. I swear to God. No, I think I'll love it when I watch it. Yeah, like it's very like kind of like heightened dystopia Korean yeah. cinema, which I'm all about because I love old boy. I was hoping it would capture imagination. I'm not saying it didn't capture mine, but it didn't necessarily capture Rachel's to the fullest extent. Mm. And again, we're still trying to get through Daredevil, so yeah, <laughs> I will not sacrifice anything <laughs> until Daredevil is watched. Um, so no, um, I'm trying to think. If there's any other like big TV shows that neither of us watched this year that were like big. Fucking... I haven't watched as much John Oliver this year as I probably should have. I, I've seen. He's that back thing. in the studio. He is. Yeah. I think I've seen all of that. I did see the end of the White Wall arc. Where yeah, that was the nice. wall voiced by fucking Bob from Bob's Burgers. Burgers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Here's some shit. Um, 
<laughs> we already talked about Jupiter's legacy. Yeah, what do you, you mean? This is us season five was not good because it's now it's reached a, like its maximum breaking point of plot twist that it can do. Right. The, this is the time jump family time drama. jump family drama yeah. deal, right? So it's wrapping up now. Six season has started and uh, he's like two episodes deep and it's it's handling this better. But like the problem is, all the plot points this season serve to make everyone unlikable, hmm. and they also had to juggle Black Lives Matter, the pandemic, fucking a third thing, um, <laughs> and many more. Who <laughs> <laughs> was? But it was like all the plot just made everyone really unlikable, hmm. and the only way this show works is if you're invested in the characters, and if hmm. you all think they're being bellend, that doesn't help. <laughs> like they're all giving really good acting performances, but like. And they basically spoilers for this is us. The last scene of the of the season basically confirms the worst theory that had going that everyone's favourite couple, which is Kate Pearson, one of the main V, and Toby, who was Taserface in Guardian Galaxy Two, yeah. are going to be breaking up in the course of season six, right? Which is the final season, which means there's no time to reconciliate because they showed her getting married to someone else, right? And I'm like. Ah, no. So now, uh, there's this horrible thing of, like... It's like a predestined car crash. Like, I know I'm going to have to very slowly see Kate and Toby break up over the course of the last season. <laughs> so my favourite character is going to be getting sad again. <laughs> and I don't want that. It's like... Uh, it's disgusting. It's... Uh, so, we have two episodes deep and they haven't addressed it. And I think there's only, like, 12 episodes. So, it's like... Okay, I need you to just rip this fucking band-aid off because I need to see Toby get real sad and then hopefully build back up by the end of the season. But uh yeah, not great, but not the biggest idol to four this year. We'll talk about that later. Interesting. I mean I've got nothing else. I've already mentioned oh. Shadow and Bone Jupes. I I'm not a big TV guy, as you know, I'm more of a movie guy. You are. This is when my time to shine. Don't watch the White Lotus, despite what all the reviews are telling you about the White Lotus. Alright. White Lotus is shit. Alright. So, I didn't even finish it. What's the White Lotus? So, the White Lotus. Yeah. I think I told you about this um, previously in the year. Hmm. So, it's set on a Hawaiian island. Right. And it's basically about... The the, the, the plot you set up in basically the first scene, you see one of the people who's going to be on this um, holiday seeing a fucking casket loaded into a plane. And then, like, it flashes back, I think, like, two weeks to him and his new fiance, sorry, his new wife, honeymooning in Hawaii... It shows Stifler's mom is like a rich woman trying to get rid of her mom's ashes. And then it shows like a, a family um, who are all on holiday. The mom's like the powerhouse woman and they've got these shitty kids and a stupid husband. And they're all at this this place called the White Lotus Resort in Hawaii. And the, 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 the thread that's meant to pull you through this shit is the fucking mystery about who's died. So this already was creating a problematic situation in that I was watching a newlywed couple honeymooning in honey, in in Hawaii, whose bride the wife's name was Rachel, and it was heavily implied. You've not said that correctly, have I not? No, you need to do it like uh, Aaron Eckhart in Rachel. There Sorry. We go. <laughs> Say it. <laughs> so, and it's heavily implied. That maybe Rachel's the one that's died. And I was like, this is far too close to fucking home. And I feel like I'm jinxing shit. So, no. Um, So I was a bit put on the back foot there. But the problem is, there's ten episodes of this shit. And the mystery, I abandoned hope at about episode five or six. Mm. Because it's just a documentation of 
awful people doing nothing on holiday. Right. Like just insufferable bellends left, right <laughs> and centre just being mean to each other. Right. But there's no like, the mystery of like who's going to die doesn't really ever come up. Mm. Like there's no like killer on the loose or anything. You're just waiting for one of them to snap. But it's narratively fucking dross. So I gave up. Apparently, it does end nicely. Mm. And frankly, Rachel isn't the one to die. So we avoided that jinx. But everyone's banging on about how it's like one of the best things of the year. And I thought it was fucking shite. However, not the worst thing of the year. Damn. Okay, I'm going to interject then. Please. Uh, I remembered two more things I watched. Oh, go on. Uh, Sex Education Series 3. Still haven't got into Sex Education. I, I have a weird relationship with that show. Hello. I think it's shit. But it's quite a good watch. <laughs> right, okay. I think it's bollocks. I think it's like, it's Americanized shit forced into like, basically a pastiche of the last 50 years of British history. None of it makes sense. None of the characters are likeable. And yet, my partner, my partner, my wife loves it. Right. So we do watch it because it's one of the few things that we can just kind of like have on when we eat and miss none of the fucking right, plot. Okay. It's all just, it's just, it's so far, it's been three seasons of most of the kids not saying what they're feeling. And the set, and then like this season, like everybody's saying what they're feeling. Right. And it's like, okay, cool. Why does it feel like nothing happened? Oh. <laughs> Even though all of the things have happened. Like, right. the status quo from the end of season two to season three is completely fucking different. Right. And it still feels like the show hasn't really progressed over eight episodes. Right. So, eh? It's weird. I just... Mm, I can't get over the production design, which I think is dross. I think it's really fucking bad. Right. And they're, they're now forcing the kind of... They're doing the, the Ross-Rachel thing, but for, like, uh, three sets of characters at any one time. Right, okay. Uh, fucking grating by the end of it. Sounds it. I'll still watch it, because it's really easy watch. It's it's like... It's comfort. It's wallpaper TV. It's wallpaper it's TV. It's Sky Sports News. It is. The ultimate wallpaper TV. <laughs> it really is wallpaper TV. Oh, man. It's happening over there. Yeah. You're not paying... 25% attention is probably the best you can give it, yep. but it's fine. Yeah, that's exactly it. What was the other thing? The other thing was Stay Close on Netflix. What's that? Uh, so people at my work were talking about it like it's the fucking greatest thing to land on Netflix. It's weird. It's more Americanism forced into a British setting. Oh. So it's like... So it's James Nesbitt as a cop. Because James Nesbitt is always playing a fucking cop. Yeah. And it's about the disappearance of... Like, there's a, a guy when. when disappeared like 10 or 11 years ago mm. and then a guy disappears on the same day in the same location right. 10 years later and it's like well these are fucking linked I gave up real bad because ah. um, it's just really horrifically written Oh, and the locations make no fucking sense can you tell me anywhere in Britain where we've got a strip club on its own with a car park next to palm trees that ain't, that ain't us. That ain't us. There ain't a place in Britain that looks like that. And yet, one of the key locations of the fucking series. I feel like it's this bizarre. came up... Is this a recent one? Yeah, pretty recent. Like, I feel like this came up because people were saying, like... Because it's, like, set in, like, north... Like, like Manchester-y way, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's sort of the northeast. yeah. And it, I think it was, like... Do you know if you watch stuff that's set in, like, Birmingham? Yeah. And, like... No, geographically, that doesn't work. That's, yeah, you don't that ain't Birmingham. 
It's that, but like yeah. for the entirety of the Northwest. Yes. Of like, well, they were just leaving a bar in Manchester. They've driven for two minutes and now they're in Bolton. So yeah. that's not, yeah. no. Um, you've reminded me of something. I accomplished something this year. You accomplished I something. Com- well, technically it took until 2022 to do it. Right. I have now seen every fucking episode of The Simpsons available on Disney+. Plus. Well, do- you 700 got- plus episodes <laughs> have been watched. You got through the, the 20s seasons. Does it yes. actually get better? No. Okay. Well, okay. Okay. Every the, there's the dross bits yeah. of like the twenties where nothing's good. Yeah. There's now occasionally an episode where we'll look at each other and go, eh, "That was all right." It's never better than all right. It never gets above average, but like, it's fine, especially compared to what it was. It's yeah. dross for a fucking while. I feel like there's a big stretch where people write it off. And actually, it stayed pretty funny for a while. Yeah. I feel like it doesn't really start getting into what the fuck am I watching territory until you get to like the 50 Cent episode, the Lady Gaga episode. Oh, the Lady Gaga episode is the worst fucking thing they've ever it's committed so to fucking like It's diabolically bad. Mm. It's, yeah, they've at least got some interesting episodes. Like there's one where... Um, Whichever one is the youngest age of Rod and Todd. Todd? Todd. Todd. Todd questions, like, God. Mm. That's, like, an interesting episode. He doesn't want to eat any damn vegetables. <laughs> basically. And but we, we were nearly there, and then they added a whole new season. We were definitely like, oh, it's going to be over. <laughs> I think I've now cursed myself to now do this every time they do upload a new season, mm. so I can say... I don't, it's a weird brag, but I've seen all of them. <laughs> I can now speak with authority on all of The Simpsons. Um, but right, speaking of things that you used to watch that you thought were shit, but also loved, it's time to talk about Jesus Hospital. Jesus Hospital! By far the worst TV show of the year. Oh, that's And we've now finally abandoned ship. Oh, no. So, oh, it's no. got real... It's the end of an institution. It is. It really is. Like, so what happened was, its fundamental flaw is it got woke... And it got woke to the fucking nth degree. Now, I'm not about to tell you start voting for UKIP and stuff like that and say it's all Snowflake TV, but it was problematic in that the writing could not sustain the level of, like, issues they wanted to tackle. So, like, this season, admittedly, the first episode, because obviously they're, they're going to have to address the fucking pandemic, the first episode, particularly the first 15 minutes of the first episode, is some of the best TV all fucking year. Hmm. It's uh, beautiful. But then, so they deal with the pandemic for a couple of episodes. And then it's like Max Goodwin, who's the Jesus fucking allegory. Yeah. Fucking basically turbocharges into, right, I'm going to solve all the fucking problems. So he says, right, I think I've got a list. Was this the Cancer Wars year or was that last year? The... My way of battling cancer is better than yours. No, that was last season. That was last season. No, so it tried to tackle all of these problems. The gender pay gap, institutionalised racism, the opioid epidemic, so on and so forth. The problem was they tackled them each in one episode and then moved on. Right. So Max Goodwin was solving the gender pay gap in, in one, one episode. episode and then was done. Which is not good optics that a straight white man stepped into the situation and solved it in one episode. Mm. And the same thing with institutionalised racism and the same thing with the opioid epidemic. Then he was doing fucking Wi-Fi poverty and he was just fucking ticking this shit off. And it, the, the, the show made it 
was trying to portray itself as like, oh, how fucking great are we that we're addressing all this fucking shit and we're solving it and we're giving everyone real fucking provable ways of solving with this. It's only the real world would fucking wake up, sheeple. And I couldn't. I was getting so angry every episode of like, this is fucking horrendous. <laughs> and I, the point at which we stopped was they started an episode with this woman coming in who was of Native American descent and that she was like refusing whatever fucking what they were offering mm. and said no no we, we we you know we're fucking New Amsterdam we don't we you're not gonna pay for it it's free says yeah but this is place is built on the backs of my fucking forefathers like right he's gonna tackle fucking Native American racism <laughs> in one fucking episode no fucking thank you good night and fucking <laughs> we have not gone back since so I just I couldn't take it anymore it was getting the new episode that tackles the Manhattan Purchase you know what like, I mean? oh god <laughs> it was fucking it was oh. God, I was like, is it going to be doing the fucking fucking New Amsterdam Souls, the fucking Columbine shootings or some shit? <laughs> I'm like, where does it fucking stop? So it finally, it finally broke. <laughs> this fucking really tenderly held together pile of shite that was just real, real watchable when I was working on my own theories of it actually being a Jesus allegory. It finally fell apart. A fucking, the grain of sand got in the microchip and it fucking fell to pieces. <laughs> And I can't, I can't watch it anymore. <laughs> I, got, I was so angry. Oh. I just, I was like, this is TV shows shouldn't make you this level of angry. Like Breaking Bad would occasionally make you. That's because mm. they've got characters that are making. Yeah, you do you're that. invested in the story. Exactly. Right? It's 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 the heat they wanted you to get. Yeah. This was fucking go away heat of like I can't watch this anymore. <laughs> this wasn't what watching uh, Jess choke to death. Not Jess. What was the fucking name? Um, uh, Jessica Jones. Yeah, fucking, Jessica Jones. I can't remember her name. Her. Um, like it wasn't what that because he's like yeah. fucking do something yeah. he's like this is like the other end of the spectrum yeah. it's like I can't watch this because it defies logic exactly we've no hope of a Hank episode in the future where Max Goodman gets called <laughs> out on his fucking shit have you finally watched it yeah okay because there was we've, this long stretch yeah, yeah. where you stopped uh, when Hank, when Hank, Hank found read, out yeah. Hank reads the book yeah. and then you stopped <laughs> literally the episode before the greatest fucking episode <laughs> of Breaking <laughs> Bad oh God, I missed that show. Um, I don't want it back. God, I really didn't click with Better Call Saul. Mm. And I didn't. I didn't even watch El Camino. Watch El Camino. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm. I wouldn't say it's necessary, but it's interesting. Okay, it's into the top five. Yep. Um, what was your top? Did you say your fifth was Loki? Fifth was Loki. I enjoyed it. It was basically the Doctor Who stand-in for the year. Yeah, it was better than fucking Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, that yeah, I'm up for more kind of you know trans dimensional trans timeline fuckery. It's good shit. Yep, I, I understand where the criticisms are coming from because it cause, does kind of undo all of the interesting aspects about le- leading with this variant mm. in the first episode. Yeah, you know, it, basically we got a villain back, but this is the problem with doing villain stories, and it's a problem that will maintain as long as Marvel keep making, well, Marvel, quotation marks, read Sony, yeah. keep doing villain movies, mm-hmm. is that you therefore have to make the villain the protagonist. This, I think, gets round it in an interesting, if clunky way, Yeah. in the, the very idea of him considering alternate paths is what undoes that. Yeah. It's like he watches where his path goes and the pain that he causes... You know, and then goes, okay, but what are the other possibilities? That is interesting. But again, it's, you know, it's held together with gaffer tape. It's mm. not perfect. 
It is what it is, though. But for what it is, I really enjoyed the character they introduced in this. So, Sylvie, the Loki variant. Yeah. Very entertaining, very good. Makes possibly one of the dumbest decisions in Marvel. I mean, if you got angry at Star-Lord, I defy you to yeah. watch the last episode uh-huh. of this. Good point. Obviously, introduced He Who Remains, mm. and known by many other names, Yes, uh, in what was essentially just, let's give Jonathan Majors a 20-minute soliloquy. Yeah, basically. That I really fucking enjoyed. It was fucking great. A lot of people hated that episode. People are wrong. Yeah, people are wrong. It was incredible. <laughs> it was... Well, because this is the thing, like, it wasn't gearing up to give you a big action-packed finale. And in fact, it had done that in the previous episode to get you to the uh, the place at the edge of time. Yep. It was a series that was more based on character study, and that last episode is just fucking characters interacting with each other and philosophising. That's yep. what this show was. If you want big, stupid fucking action, well, three of the other... Well, okay, of the non-animated one, you had two quite in-depth, characters-driven stories... And then two big shooty shooty bang bang ones. Yep. So they gave you fucking variety this year. Yeah. I don't get it. I, it's just missed out on mine. Because I do agree. I think it's... I'm never really on board with time travel. But I guess this is like... At its best because it's about the bureaucracy of that. And keeping it in line. It does obviously raise questions like... Well, where were the TVA at the end of Spider-Man? You know what I mean? Like... So it, it causes problems by its very existence. I choose... Because they've revised the timeline on Disney Plus. Yes. Um, to say that Loki actually occurs before WandaVision or something like that. It's like directly after Endgame now. Like that's where it slots. Right, okay. So I'm I'm choosing to until I get proven right or wrong, what I think is happening now is Loki, WandaVision, Spider Man happened at the same time. Yes. And all of that shit combined leads to multiverse of madness. Right, okay. Which is getting weirder by the day in terms of its uh, leaks, quotation mark. I saved a picture of the video, like, here's all the rumoured cameos. Just yeah. see, surely to God, not all these can be yeah. right. No. There are, oh yeah, there are fucking leaker fucking accounts popping up all over the fucking shop. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I've got Pokemon leaks to distract me for a while. Um, <laughs> plus, I'm on fucking honeymoon when Doctor Strange comes yep. out, so yep. I don't know... How am I going to cope with that? <laughs> um, we shall see. Right. Um, we've already kind of touched on my number five, which is It's a Sin. Yes. I. It, it's one of the shows that just came out of nowhere. I didn't hear know anything about it until like the week before when fucking Ollie Alexander was on Graham Norton. I thought, like, mm. eh, we'll give it a watch. And it stuck with me. It's the one that like stayed on the list even though it happened in fucking January. Mm. Of like, everyone was fucking talking about it. It was poignant. It fucking... It kind of recast something... That you kind of you know about the AIDS epidemic, but it was kind of over there. Yeah. And usually it's just like, oh yeah, Freddie Mercury died, and like that's yeah. it. Yeah. So to hear it from like an on the ground perspective was quite nice. And, mm. and yeah, I'm still not over Colin. No, I don't think I ever will be. <laughs> it was so it was so well done. Like the subtleties of like because sometimes this show is very unsubtle. Yeah. Because it basically implied, were you gay in the eighties? You're dead. Yeah. That's pretty much what he went. Like, all of them, died, but like so many good twists of like, come I in, oh fucking the main guy's mom, poor oh, boy. <sighs> That's is that the biggest heel turn this year? A hundred fucking percent, one hundred fucking percent. Oh that b word. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, we've got a full review of it to see, so I won't. I enjoy um, that you 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 were happy to say you just pepper the word fucking throughout the whole thing. I know, the word b word. I can't call it. You know, calling a woman that it's not great. But anyway. Um, that was my number five. Yep. Uh, my number four then, uh, and I've talked about it, I mentioned it at the top of this show, Dope Sick. 
can. Mm. I really need to watch it. It's good. It's on Disney Plus. Yeah, you can go and watch it. It's really, really good. Dealing with the ep- opioids epidemic, which mm-hmm. most of us learned about through John Oliver, because we're British, and we well, one episode of New Amsterdam where it was solved, didn't you know? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Uh, did you know you can actually still get oxycontin on the NHS? Really? Seriously? Holy fuck! Still available, which Aye. is uh, kind of gives you an indication as to how this story ends. Uh, but this uh, it charts itself through the I think it is the nineties, right? So late 90s, so we're talking like 96, 97 to 2009 or 10, I think. So it's a, it's a big old story. Yeah. It jumps back and forth. It does that Witcher thing, but at least tells you when it's doing it, which right, is good. Okay. Brilliant cast. Mm. Really, really good cast, of which I'm going to have to get the full list for. But obviously, heading it up, Michael Keaton. Yeah. Um, playing a really like a really warm role to begin with, mm. and one that you think this man's going to tackle the epidemic, but he gets caught up in it and he becomes an addict, um. which is not something I because like he's in rooms where it's been and he's prescribing it to his patients, right? And you're thinking it's going to be like that. He finds out what it is and he crushes the bottle and he goes after the guy. Um, it's not that. So his descent and you know him losing his medical license is a really interesting arc. There are some heartbreaking fucking scenes where, um, without spoiling too too much, mm. Oxy kind of fucks you up a little bit oh, yeah. and gets you to envision shit. Right, um, and there is a really heartbreaking version of that, which mm. it's been telling you about this event. Yeah. Through the whole series, but mm. then you get to see it through him. Oh, it's, it's really it got me right fucking. There. Okay, it's uh, it's something. Uh, other characters include uh, the once and future Adam Warlock, Will Poulter. Ah, and he's fucking weird, weird, weird face. But now all of a sudden, fucking, he's got some Adam Warlock hair on him. You're like, handsome boy. <laughs> who fucking knew? You know, uh, he plays a he plays Billy in this, who's kind of like an oxycontin rep. Right. But, like, the one who's questioning the whole thing. Oh, right, okay. Um, so that's pretty good. Mm. There's an interesting... The weirdest relationship of the whole thing is between him and Eliza from Hamilton. Right. Because she's in this, playing a stone-cold bitch. Oh. And... <laughs> okay. And, and, and kind of, like, she's pulling in one direction, he's pulling in the other, but he kind of wants to be part of that world, but he's not sure morally if he's on the same page as right. it. Really interesting study to go through. There are... Some very, how should I put this, calculated performances from uh, Michael Stolberg as uh, Richard Sackler. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if you've heard the last name Sackler, yeah. you'll know where this fucking goes. Uh-huh. Um, as well as there are other people in his family. Let me just find the cast list for the Sacklers. So Andrea Frankel as Beth Sackler and Trevor Long as Rudy Giuliani, which is a weird fucking turn into the left. But just kind of, it shows you kind of like the... You know, like how Inspector, they're like, oh, the tentacles are everywhere. Yes. It's that right, book okay. for a pharmaceutical company, and it is sickening, but it's done so well. And, of course, the vagina that united them all, Rosario Dawson, <laughs> is in this as kind of like... So there's, there's, this, there's this great dynamic between uh, Peter Sarsgaard and John Huganaka as um, Rick Mountcastle and Randy Ramsey, uh-huh. and they're like the, the guys that want to bring... Uh, Purdue Farmer down right and on the other side of it you've got I think she's DEA um, she plays a character called Bridget who's in the DEA mm-hmm. and she's like I will take these fuckers down if it costs me my entire career whereas this side are like 
we need to build a case we need to have the evidence we need to find the right people and most of the scenes is them talking about their crappy personal lives while sitting in diners right. and it's all really good it's like it doesn't actually engineer much towards the oxycontin in story no. but it adds so much dimension to these people of like yeah we have normal lives and they're ruined by the fact that we tried to tackle this fucking behemoth that is Purdue Pharma I love it I think it's a really good series and it's I, only number four it's only number four there we go right I guarantee you my number four is on your list somewhere uh, I imagine it's a lot higher it's what we do in the shadows, season three. Uh, yes, I'll tell you now that's my number two. Lovely. It's it's a strong season. I it, I think season two is a one episode fucking dwarfs the <laughs> Jackie Daytona fucking yeah. sits on that like a fucking massive piece of pepperoni on a small pizza. <laughs> like there's yeah. good stuff elsewhere, but like the Jackie Daytona episode is so fucking unstoppably brilliant. Yeah. That like it doesn't really matter what everyone else is doing. This is a much more evenly balanced season mm. I would say and I think they're a lot better I think this is the best season for using everybody in the cast mm. like it's no one character ever gets to like outshine everybody else um, because they set the new status quo of uh, Nandor and um, uh, fucking Naja as the head of the Vampiric Council yeah. um, they send fucking Laszlo and Colin Robinson off on like a fucking bromance um, thing <laughs> yeah. and then you've got um, Guillermo just kind of trying to figure out his new role in the fucking situation as the bodyguard as the bodyguard mm. it's there's a lot of good stuff in this season and it leaves it in a really nice place as well so I, I feel like this is the season I think that proved this show is going to have longevity mm. Because I always felt like it's such a niche show. Like, it's beloved and stuff, but it's so niche that I feel like... And eventually, you're going to run out of stuff to parody for vampires. Mm. You know what I mean? You, you're going to run out of steam eventually. I'm not so certain now. Yeah, no. There's, this show's got legs, man. Uh-huh. It's real good. Um, we'll talk about it a little bit more yeah. when we get to my number two. Okay. Because there's a little bit more I want to say about it. Cool. Uh, so, my number three, then. Go on. Uh, the Serpent. We mentioned it earlier. It, it again it's January coming real hard this mm. year with a lot of things that ended up at number one uh, excuse me uh. <laughs> I'm uh. kidding you all know what it is uh, so Serpent uh, is fantastic yeah, so it's Tahar Rahim and Jenna Coleman yep as a kind of like your two leads mm-hmm. Did, you didn't watch this we talked Ooh, about this earlier I'm gonna, I'm gonna hopefully so it, it, it's it's all set in kind of like the Far East in the like the Nepal India right region and uh, so it's set kind of like during the 70s where well late 60s into the early 70s are kind yeah. of like the end of the summer of love uh-huh. and all that stuff and the kind of like people going on this spiritual journey into you know Nepal, Tibet and all these places yeah, yeah. what it actually is about though is about a fucked up man called Charles Sabraj right not his real name Charles Sabraj yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a businessman and torturer of backpackers oh uh, he drugs them keeps them in his flat fucking offs them for his own sick and twisted power fantasy. Fun. And it's very good. It's very well paced. There is like I I thought it was like wrapping up in see in like episode six. Mm-hmm. And then we were going to episode like nine or ten. I was like, oh fuck. I'd, like I thought we were ending this and then it throws a massive curveball with like, no, he got away with it. You're like, right. oh. so yeah, it's mm, I, I can't tell you how good this is. Honestly, the fact that I put it here. Right. Tells you how much I enjoyed vampires, <laughs> but uh, yeah, 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 you fucking do. But like, 
this was superbly written. Tahar Rahim is a fucking chameleon. Right. Because the other thing that I saw him in this year was The Mauritanian, mm. which is a very different, more sympathetic role. Right. Whereas this, he's just a fucking sadistic mastermind. Like, mm. incredibly clever, clever and ridiculously twisted at the same time. Yeah. Kind of like Dexter, but without, but with, with a more of like a... Instead of like that charming presence yeah. that he has, it's just impending fucking doom whenever right, he turns okay. up. Um, so yeah, I really cannot recommend this one enough. It's a stellar cast. It is beautifully shot. I think... No, it was... I watched it on iPlayer. And yeah. I think it's just come to Netflix instead. Ooh. So I think... Because I think it went off iPlayer. Right, okay. Um, but I'd recommend it. It is 10 episodes. They're very long. Hmm. But they're very good. The... Second group of characters with the the Dutch investigator is so well done. The yeah. there's a real sense of like he he can't keep getting away. <laughs> this. It's that, but like drawn out over this long and really scary process. Yeah, mm, good shit. Well, there we go. I've just remembered. I don't know where this came from. Oh, it's because we can't find the fucking new new season. We watched this. We've, we've, we've called it with Taskmaster this year. Yes, I can play through it. <laughs> I think <laughs> the Lee Mack season was this year. Yes, I think it was. Yeah, that was Lee Mack. Lee Mack thingy from Ghosts. Um, oh, the main. Yeah, the main. The woman who's like she's the new queen of comedy, but I'm like, but she's in good comedy shows. <laughs> yeah, she's not necessarily funny in them. She's just got <laughs> a really t- good agent that keeps putting her in this yep. stuff as the straight woman. Yep. Um, Oh, and what's his name? The fucking weird actor guy. Mike Wozniak. Yes. He's fucking unbelievable. He's good really good season. in this. <laughs> so that was a really... Because we, 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 we've had a few seasons where we're like, we can have to skip this one. The, the first two Channel 4 seasons were not good. No, the... Yeah, that's one. The Richard Herring one. Yeah. We'll skip that. Yeah, because it's basically just Richard Herring steamrolling everybody yeah, in I the show. I don't like Richard Herring. Oh, if you don't like Richard Herring, there's nothing there for He's you. He's a fucking jealous... Because you're slagging off Michael McIntyre. No, he, I mean can, I don't like Michael McIntyre. But he has a deep resentment for Michael McIntyre. I'm like, oh. you're just jealous that he's fucking. Cause he's like, this stuff is terrible. I'm like, you're just jealous because he's got more money than you. He really came across as like fucking little. Fucking, oh no, I'm so deep and interesting, and he's just fucking <laughs> doing vacuum cleaner jokes. But yeah, but he's fucking got a lot of money for making vacuum cleaner jokes. Um, but yeah, and I think Alan Davis is on the new season, which starts I think that was soon. The, the one, no, that was the previous one. Oh, was that? Oh, we skipped one. Hang, hmm. No, the Mike. I'm going to look it up because I'm. I'm pretty sure the Mike wasn't actually Max season's the newest, right? But the Alan Davis one, I have seen. Who was the other person? Because there's Sarah, the woman who won it was Sarah Kendall, who was like a radio presenter. Mm. I got to say, the Americans tried to do. Taskmaster. Oh, I saw a YouTube like fucking video essay and like this is the worst shit. They didn't understand okay, it. Okay, now at all. Okay, so we've got uh, the newest season, which was this year, was Alan Davis, Desiree Birch, Gus Khan, Morgana Robertson, right. Victoria Cora Mitchell, which is the one I've watched. That's how I remembered yes. because we can't. It's not on. We have to go on all four on the PlayStation to fucking watch that, right? Because it's not on any of the normal catch-up stuff. Oh yeah, because like you can't get it on uh, Google TV yeah. or anything like that. Fucking weird. Weird. But yeah, yeah, the one from the previous... Oh, there's been two seasons this year. That'll be why. There you go. There you go. So we had season 11 and season 12 this year. Lovely. So just looking at the Taskmaster Wikipedia uh, page, uh, obviously they're doing the Champion of Champions mm-hmm. uh, soon, uh, but the next series, they forgot, they've got fucking uh, Ardell O'Hanlon from Father Ted. And my hero? Yeah. 
Okay. I'm in. Uh, also got Chris Ramsey. Eh? Oh, he's your, your mum's favourite comedian, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mm. The, the shagged, married, annoyed guy, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Bridget Christie. Can't say I know who that is. That doesn't sound familiar. Doesn't. Uh, Judy Love. Um, oh, she was on. Oh, she was on Big Fat Quiz of the Year. She was funny. I mean, she's been on Lewis Quinn and MasterChef. So I don't know what I, that tells I'd you. Cool. And Sophie Duker. Also, also a person that exists. Uh, hey, Ardenal Handland, so that's cool. She was on uh, Frankie Ball's New World Order a lot, which was shit. So that's good. Yeah, he really needs to make a comeback to Mock the Week. He'd fucking yeah. We got CM Punk back to wrestling. We can get Frankie Ball back to fucking Mock the Week. Um, <laughs> yeah, but even like Chris Addison left. So you know. <laughs> yeah, true. Right, number three. Number three. This is what I don't think we've actually talked about. Um, it's called the Outlaws. We've spoken about it briefly. It's on my list to watch. It is very good, and it gets my bronze medal for this fucking year. So this is Stephen Merchant's new um, thing, and it's about um, people doing community service uh, in Bristol, and all these random people kind of forced together. They've all done like middling crimes, so they're all being put together to like work on this um, community centre. And they're going to like restore it and stuff. It's the only thing I can really equate it to is Hot Fuzz, mm. of, like, taking, like, American... You know how, like, Hot Fuzz is, like, what if an American action police comedy, like, comedy thing happened in England and mm. had to deal with some of the mundanity that kind of surrounds English culture? <laughs> this is, like, that, but for fucking offenders. Right. So, whereas in America, this would be, like, all these cool fucking ex-gangster and stuff. This is, like, a Paris Hilton type. And fucking Christopher Walken for some reason. And, <laughs> um, and like Stephen Merchant himself is like one of the outlaws and stuff. It's... I, I went into it a bit like trepidatious of like, oh, well, I like Stephen Merchant and I like most things he does. Mm. Other than Hello Ladies, which wasn't good. Mm. Um, but I was like, is this going to work? I don't know. It really fucking does. I don't know if it's just the strength that he's got a really good cast around him to like carry it. But like, they introduced like... It doesn't stay as like a funny comedy film. Like they eventually introduce like an actual criminal element into it, in like a believable so-soish way, and it's how all these actual like quite normal people who've done like dis- misdemeanors, like tax fucking stuff and stuff like that, how they deal with actually being thrown into criminal stuff, mm. and it just really works. Mm. Like there's no other way to describe it. They're actually telling you to just go and watch the show, but like it's got a lot of believable, enjoyable, funny characters. Like Stephen Merchant. And Christopher Walken are fucking shouldering most of the comedy. Like, some of the other characters, like, your main two, um, you, you, the main woman who's, like, just like just petty thieving because she's in, like, a very restrictive um, Asian and Polish household. And, like, that means she's got a very restrictive life. She's meant to be going to Oxford and she, like, steals to, like, you know, feel a bit of fun in life. Um, so her story is kind of a bit more of the serious side of things. Still has fun, still very enjoyable characters. But it finds a really nice blend of everything. Mm. Um, and, yeah, like, how they convince Christopher Walken to do that, I don't know. Yeah, the, um, we've had a lot of, like, how did we book this guy yeah. this season? Well, I think what happened was, I don't know how he got in the first place, but basically they filmed this before um, lockdown happened. Mm. So then they had to stall. And then when they got it back, they had a window of time. of all right, this is when Christopher Walken's available. Like, Fuck it. We'll finish off season one and shoot all of his season two stuff in the same <laughs> fucking window. <laughs> So season two is wrapped and yeah. is ready to go and will be coming out later this year, I presume. Nice. But um, yeah, I would give it a very hearty recommendation. I hope it's still on the fucking iPlayer. Um, but yeah, 
definitely worth a watch on that. It's, it's a mini-series. I think there's only like six episodes, so worth a go. Fair play. I'll have to check that out. I've been meaning to, again. most Like most of the things you told me about, it is on the list. I mean, it's on my list as well, so I mean, all this shit, like the serpent, fucking dope sick, have been sitting on there for almost half a year at this point, so <laughs> I can't really um, chastise too be much. be a full year for the serpent. That started New Year's Day. Holy shit, okay. There you go. Uh, number two we've already talked about with yes. which is what we're doing in the Shadow of Season 3 like you say Season 2 I will maintain the witchiest episode of Season 2 is fucking outstanding like don't get me wrong yes. Jackie Daytona is the best one uh-huh. but like the witches one is fucking great even just for right piss this <laughs> <laughs> oh but Season 3 yes you you warn me about the Atlantic City episode oh the Atlantic City episode <laughs> is the fucking best one <laughs> It was so good. The 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 homeland soil scenario was really well done. The ending gag is pretty fucking great. Oh. The whole like Laszlo actually having a human friend, yeah, it's just really interesting. He just I, never brought this guy up before. I love I that it. fucking Colin Robinson's favourite TV show is the fucking infomercial for the hotel yes. the stadium. Oh, that was um, good. I cannot slumber. Um, <laughs> fucking, uh, the fucking rat pack just yes. over the corner oh just God. going, bada bing! And you go, oh, it's you, okay. And the fucking... I'm pretty sure he wasn't Asian last time, my love. <laughs> and the bit that got me is fucking... fucking um, Oh my god, Nandor gets obsessed with the Big Bang Theory fucking slot machine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he finally watches the show, he's held up very well compared to the... It's a very good adaptation of the slot machine. <laughs> he said Bazinga, that is his battle cry. <laughs> but he's thinking fucking Big Bang that we're fucking doing. Pretty much. Oh, sweet Jesus Christ. But you were abs- you're absolutely right about this being a stronger season overall. Yeah. Whereas the, the second season, like has some weird ones like still enjoyable but like not as consistent as season one this is like season one consistency yes the the first episode with uh no that wasn't the one with um like the the ancient one was it because when they that would they wrap that plot line up oh the first episode is them going to see the vampiric caves isn't it and it sets up all the you know the the giant library yeah the, when they find Laszlo's car behind yeah. the line. so they're like well we can't drive it out we'll have to take it apart bit by bit and, and set it up on the other side of the door oh that's that's a good that's episode beautiful. the fucking the um like the woke vampires who are trying to uh who can you know claim they can eat human food and oh when he yeah, goes the, to the, the convent, cult yeah, yeah. Um, fucking <laughs> the way she just fucking offs them all at the end. There you go. Come on. Fucking Nando deciding that he doesn't want to be a, like he, he's gonna do like the really long hibernation basically, and yeah. then fucking Kiyama having to keep waking him back up. <laughs> it is. Oh, and the ending leaves things very nicely open. It like, does. We got we got an incredible. Um, should I say it? Go for it. Death of Colin Robinson. Just fucking punches me. <laughs> See, he's fine. Skull. Bang! <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I'm so glad it's sticking around. Because yeah. every like, year I live on, like... Because I cancel American things with fucking gay abandon. I'm always a bit, like, tetchy until they say, no, it's definitely coming back for season four. I think they've done that as early as possible this time. Said, oh, yeah, it's definitely coming back for season four. Yeah, thank um, Christ for that. It continues to be, like... Because we really... The, the film, funnily enough, was, like, the... Th- 
second or third thing we ever reviewed on Popscorn. So it was. There you go. And did you know the fourth best thing about this series? <laughs> um, yeah, because we thought we, we got rain to watching it. Rachel had never seen it before. So I was oh, like, right. She's like, so I was like, let's watch the film. And she's like, first of all, how did anyone think this was like worthy enough to have a TV show named after it? I was like, well, because fucking Taika Waititi happened yep. and this is what he wanted to do. Yep. And it's like, oh, the TV show's better than this, isn't it? I was like, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. The TV show is much better than all of this. <laughs> I'm not saying this is bad necessarily, but. It's fucking better. Yeah, the, pro- the the thing about that was like that was Taika Waititi and his friends making a funny movie. Yeah, which werewolves not werewolves will forever live in infamy. But like, this is this is cheating. It's got it's got Bone Jacker. Yeah, it's got Douglas Renham, and uh, well, N- Natasha Demetrescu, who's not Demetrescu. What's her last name? I'll, I'll leave that one with you because oh, like, hang no. on, I, I want to get it right. Demet- Demetru, not Demetrescu. Demetru. Phone Jacker's back. As a podcast, what? what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Phone Jack yeah. is yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've only listened, I've only like discovered this like, like yesterday. I'm but so it's happy. On Spotify, there are like six. Oh my episodes. god, I have to find it and now. And the funny thing was, so in the second one, he does Terry Tibbs, and he's Terry <laughs> Tibbs finding a Tesla, and he says, "Terry <laughs> Tibbs, Tesla, talk to me." And someone goes, "Oh yeah, you're Terry Tibbs, yeah." Because now it's got the jackass problem of like, well, people know what it is, so it's like harder to prank people. <laughs> But he then goes, that's a really good Terry Tibbs impression, but it's not the best one I've heard. And so he just fucking rolls with the notion that this guy thinks he's a different person to be Terry Tibbs. Give that a fucking listen. It's, it's, it is yeah, up, yeah, it yeah, is up fucking, right now. I haven't got round to um, the Toast of London American. Yeah, yeah, Toast of Tinseltown. Technically a 2022 series, so one for the books. But he has turned up in the fucking Book of Boba Fett. Yes, he has. As the, as drove, the... As the droid. <laughs> as the droid. Yeah, we, we were uncertain about Book of Boba Fett, because obviously it hasn't finished yet. But mm. we're like, is that a 2021 series, a 2022 series? I suppose the bulk of it is happening in 2022. Yeah, like one, no, two episodes happening yeah. in 2021. But I don't think we had it eligible for the draft either, so... No, we, we, we if it straddles, then it's not eligible. Yes. But we can include it in the end of uh, 2022. Yes, we do. How are you liking it so far, though? It's... It's... um, It's fine. It's fine. It's not bad. I can't help but feel like the idea of the badass fucking live-by-code bounty hunter has kind of meant that the Mandalorian has superseded Boba Fett's role in the universe. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. to pivot into what if that guy went from that lifestyle to trying to be a more... You know, civilized leader. Yeah. I guess. I'm chill now. <laughs> it's it's fine, but it lacks the man because the Mandalorian can go to whatever planet it needs to and have whatever one-off adventure it needs to. This is trying to tell a complete story. Yeah. all on Tatooine so far. This I think and that's they the... keep Cocktease and Tamino, Camino, and they do. They seem to have no intention of fucking no. going there, and that <laughs> annoys me because I mean, Camino costs a lot of fucking money compared yeah. to a desert. <laughs> like there's there's stuff I'm liking. But you'll have to hear a full review in a few weeks' time. That you will. Uh, also, right. Machete's in it. Yeah, Machete's turned up as the Rancor Rancor. Yeah, yeah, so, it's a weird nice. thing. Um, right, number two. Yes? It's Hawkeye. Interesting. I did not think this it, ranked this high. I, it, it did what the Falcon Winter Soldier failed to do and just have a good time with guns. It was just... It also failed to do what Black Widow tried to do, which was... Give everybody a satisfying solo outing. Yeah, right? Yep. Oh, that's poor Natasha. She didn't deserve that. Yeah. This is... It's real dumb. Oh, it's super dumb. And it's it's fucking a puddle compared to what's at number one in terms of how deep it is. Mm. But I had a good time. It was good. It's just... It's one of those things... It's not complex, but it wasn't 
aiming to be no. complex. And I, I, I still, I like Hayley Stonefeld. I'm still not sure about Kate Bishop. And I do like the character of Kate Bishop. And this is a very unique take on that right. character. Is it Hayley Steinfeld's vehicle, or is it we really want to adapt Kate Bishop? Yeah, this is him. So I have no connection to Kate Bishop, and therefore was fine with this, and really want her and Yelena to be a thing going. Not like a romantic thing. I mean, like I want that partnership again and again and again. Yeah. The new Stark Rogers, if you will. Exactly that. I want that. Um, but I don't know if I'm just coming off a bit of a high of like... Because the last episode gave me Kingpin back, and then a few days later, Daredevil came back. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm just riding that high, <laughs> and that's why it's this high. It's it's on here by association of what it might yeah. potentially do in the future. Yeah, Daredevil, fucking Netflix Daredevil boosted two shows to a number two ranking in TV, <laughs> and number one. I mean, it wasn't just Daredevil against Spider-Man's number one of the film list. But it, but it was your favourite part but of the movie. it was definitely my favourite part of that fucking thing, <laughs> so... I am an easy man to please, it turns out. I mean, the, yeah. yeah, the Kingpin being back is hands down the best thing about that season. Oh, 100%, yes. yeah. There, there is, there's, there's some... A... I mean, Jeremy Renner was good. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed him. Yeah. You know I'm lukewarm on Kate Bishop right yeah. now. The other villains were Lucky shit. Echo. Yeah, God. I'm, yeah. I'm not sold on Echo whatsoever. No, we shall see. But then, you know, it's not always about the money, oh. Spider-Man. It's about the Mets. And, of course, <laughs> the hat. Um, <laughs> everyone's new favourite character Kingpin's hat and shirt combo which is very much a look I'm going to recreate in fucking Hawaii <laughs> please she's begging me not to but I'm like no 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 red fucking Hawaiian shirt and big white fedora fuck it so I'm going to think I'm from the island from the second I fucking land in Hawaii so what you're saying is you don't want money for your honeymoon what you want is a pimp cane please cool and thank you um, <laughs> she's already shut down my idea to dress as both either, either Sam Neill or um, fucking Jeff Goldblum from Just Spot 1 whilst we go on the tour well, with the whole like yeah, open but that's, shirt but that's double denim if I'm doing Sam Neill I'll fucking yeah. I'm going to roast if I'm in fucking pure white linens in fucking Hawaii <laughs> if I'm in double denim I may die so there's that right you're number two uh, oh, I we've talked no, about it have we? yeah the oh, vampires yeah. yeah so I'm we're at my guess. number one I'm going to guess yeah. we've got the same fucking one. I mean, it didn't happen this year in movies, which made a wonderful change. Oh, yeah, you didn't give Marvel number one in, I didn't uh, give in Mar- movies. I did. It's two years on the trot now that they've not been number one. What a good boy I am. Yeah, um, we're doing it. It's WandaVision, isn't it's it? It's WandaVision, obviously. Oh, me, it's WandaVision. Oh, boy. I can't stress how good this show is, considering when you look at the restraints on which it was made, mm. this was like a properly... like. Its production felt the like bare force of the pandemic. Yeah, and somehow made the best thing on TV this year. A hundred percent. Like no competition. No, and really set a fucking very high standard for the Disney Plus stuff to try and follow. The fact that they, this was never meant to go first, no. I think, is probably like shown by the fact of none of the other shows reached those highs. No. This is very much supposed to be like the start of something good. Yes. As opposed to the strongest opener since probably Iron Man. I think so in terms of... Well, this <laughs> thing, it, it's it is both high concept and character driven. Yep. Which is a fucking hard mix to do. Yeah. And also feels episodic because they get to go and play in a different sandbox each and every week. I fucking love the production design of this. Oh, it's so goddamn oh good. God. I hope they're getting a lot of awards now. It's award season for this shit. Fucking because better. The, the, the fucking attention to detail of like really capturing like fucking what, 60 to 70 years worth of sitcoms. Yep. 
and fucking nailing each and every single fucking one of them with the mannerisms, the fucking... I still can't get over how good fucking um, her impression of Claire Dumpy from fucking Modern Family is. Yeah. It is fucking uncanny. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it, but I love it. Um, I mean, it's something that has fucking cat... What's the face? Oh, uh, Cat Dennings. Cat Dennings, in yeah. Cat Dennings I, with Cat Dennings. <laughs> and I still fucking liked it. Yep. It introduces someone I'd much rather have as fucking Captain Marvel than actual Captain Marvel we have. Yep. I, I was like, Rambo. why are we? Why are we? Why are we doing this? Like, because she comes off as like this really incredibly bubbly person. I'm like, that's not Monica Rambo. No. And then. And then. It's fucking Monica yeah, Rambo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh god, it's so goddamn good. I don't know if this is being helped by the fact we were Marvel starved at this point. Oh, we were, weren't we? Yeah, this was the first one we had since Home. Uh, uh, no, far, far from, from home. home. Yeah. No way home. Far from home. No way home. Let's call the whole thing home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was. Uh, yeah, a full fucking year. Mm. No Marvel in twenty twenty whatsoever. None. And then they landed with this. Are we still mad that everybody's theories didn't come true? No. I'm over it now. It was a very good season without the need to overcomplicate it with Mephisto. So. Yes. I will say the Quicksilver fake out, it still stings a little bit. Tiny, yeah. tiny bit. Yeah. Because it did very much look like we were doing multiverse fuckery. It did. And we're now like 12 months removed and we're still only just starting yeah. the multiverse fuckery. It's real weird. I was thinking this earlier. Isn't it weird that it still doesn't feel like we've had the follow-up episode of anything to Endgame? Yeah, everything's feels... been very divergent, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, it's like we're really not ready to adjust what happened. I think Doctor Strange will be the start of that. Mm. But like Spider-Man was a very kind of... Direct sequel. Direct yeah, sequel and contained thing. And then all the TV shows haven't really felt the need to deal with it I think it's because we've not had one with one of the big I think for Love and Thunder will definitely be that because it's one of the key Avengers is back and doing stuff well this is it and also it's like it's dealing with you know the Guardians are in that movie yes so it's like it deals with it on a bigger scale yes whereas like Falcon and the Winter Soldier was like very specifically though what happened when Captain America went away yes it's like more is at stake now mm-hmm. we can't be doing that yes WandaVision understands that and it goes right we're not even going to address what's happened. No, this is really just concerned with... This is like Infinity War sequel as opposed to an Endgame fucking... And, and it's also... It begins in media res. You don't get what why we're in this reality yeah. until about four episodes in. They like... Because they released episode one and two on the same fucking yeah, day. Yeah, she gets booted out in the 70s, doesn't she? Yeah. So, yeah, it's the, it's the fourth episode where we get... What the fuck is this? Yeah. What the fuck is going What's on? happening? What did Wanda do? I still like that they've they've left it quite a villainous turn, even though she's very much the protagonist. Yes. She still enslaved people. It's yeah. still really bad. There's it's a reason she's hiding out in the woods now. Yeah. It's I I pre Paul Bettany's fucking I I I really don't I've never rated him outside of like until Vision. I remember mm. when he was cast of Vision, I was like, oh, Paul Bettany, Paul Bettany's <laughs> shite. I was wrong. Yep. He's so fucking funny in this series. Because yes. he's having to, like, the juggling act of comedy and really playing into the sitcom tropes and then having devastating reality fucking hitting it in the right parts. Mm. Oh my God, it's so good. It's It wasn't even close, was it, this yeah. year? Like, I mean, there's that entire sequence where, you know, like, the end of the 70s episode? 
Mm. End of the 80s episode. Where it's like, they have the argument and Wanda makes the credits roll. Yeah. And then they're like, fucking like, fuck, ah, having a good old super go at each yeah. other. And then Quicksilver. That yeah. was like the happiest I've been watching TV this year. Yeah, nearly jumped through the fucking ceiling. I was like, perfection. here we go, lads! <laughs> it's X-Men time! <laughs> uh, sadly, it was not X-Men time. Much like Worm time. Didn't happen. No, no Worm time, no X-Men time. Right. That is TV done. <laughs> Which felt like a longer conversation than usual. Who knew? So we're going to move on to miscellaneous. Yes. Any music stuff to mention? I mean, Bo Burnham, everything else is a footnote. Yeah. I mean, two of my favourite bands both had albums this year. I have no kind of like real great thing to say about either right. of them. Biffy had an album this year. Biffy Clara, my favourite band, had a favorite, had an album this year. And it's fine. Right. It's very much like a sister release to the previous year's album. Uh-huh. And it's fine. Like, it's supposed to be like... The, these two albums are supposed to be like a call and a response to each other. Right. Because this, this one they wrote in the pandemic. The one, the previous one was written, written pre-pandemic, recorded in pandemic. This was written in pandemic and released now. Released now, right? Uh, and yeah, I appreciate that it is an angrier record. Mm. It needed some a bit more oomph, yes. so that's appreciated. But there's like no standout songs, right? And I normally have a lot to say when it comes to Bibi Claro, but like, I don't feel strongly enough about any of the tracks on this. No. On the other side of the coin, uh, Don Brocco released an album this year. Yes. Uh, pretty good, actually. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, normally their album tracks are like really fucking good. Yeah. And unfortunately, it is the opposite this year. All the singles were absolutely outstanding, mm. but the album tracks were lacking. Right, okay. So, like, they thankfully they released Endorphins as a single, otherwise it would have been like a real dichotomy of, uh-oh, do I, do I still like these guys? Panic, but, panic, panic. No, yeah, Endorphins, uh, Manchester Super Reds and a Born Fan, uh, all really, really good songs, but the singles really stood out, that one. Maximo Park had a new album this year. Maximo Park have really fell off, did you know? Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Hello 2007 called yeah. wants its relevancy back, but, you know, <laughs> but I still follow them. Um, and it was not good. But, you know, Bo Burnham came to save us all. Oh, well, outside of Welcome to the Internet, I added one song from <laughs> 2021. It was um, Industry Baby by Little Nas X. Ah! Yeah, look at that's me. That's unusual for you. My brother played it me, because um, the, the video is Little Nas X, who is who came out this year and then fucking went full throttle with that <laughs> shit. Yeah, um, dialed he, it up. He, my brother walked in on uh, uh, my niece, who's two, who'd somehow just started watching Little Nas X videos. Peppa Pig apparently ran out of episodes and YouTube <laughs> for Little Nas X for you. And if you watch the Industry Baby fucking um, video, you'll understand why it may be problematic for a two-year-old to be watching it, but mm. there we are. I'm just looking at my uh, top songs of 2021. There you go. As per Spotify. Um, yeah, the Eurovision songs this year were fucking outstanding. Like, really, mm. really good. I'm really glad that, you know, an actual rock band won. That's always nice. That was pretty good. I absolutely guarantee... There will be a lot of um, rock or metal bands at this one this year. Fucking hell. And none of them will be any good. No. Did you see who's competing in Finland to represent this year? Oh, 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 it's fucking... Um, the Rasmus. Oh, it's fucking... <laughs> 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 2003 call <laughs> wanted relevancy back. Uh, that's a weird turn. They, they genuinely might be going to Eurovision. That's interesting. Uh, what else did I actually listen to this year? Was there year? an actual band 
If they win, won't they feel guilty? Whoa! <laughs> and therefore ends all the Rasmus songs that are worth listening to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, in other music this year, Bill Wirtz came back in a big way. That's good. Did he? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. You you know who Bill Wirtz is. YouTube. Yeah. He released like five songs this year, which is oh. quite good for him. Because he was absent in 2019 altogether. Right. Uh, no, 2020 altogether. But he came back with Here Comes the Sun, Money, some really good songs. Uh, and Mark Rebier is now my one of my... Actually, no, I just discovered two great new acts this year. Okay. Mark Rebier and Eskimo Callboy. And uh, okay. yeah, Mark Rebier is like, all of his music is improvised. So like, he's got like presets on this thing and he yeah. plays things and loops them around yeah, yeah. and then improvises all of them. And he improvised a song about being vaccinated that mm-hmm. is genuinely the feel good hit of the year. Oh, I will show it you later. Go he's got what can only be described as um, the most impressive Sigma male energy of just, I'm sexual and I don't care who knows about it. Okay. It's fucking great. So and to watch him perform live is a fucking treat. I genuinely what? might see when he's touring mm-hmm. and go and see him. He uh, Loop Daddy got me there. Right. Uh, An Eskimo Callboy. They might be representing Germany. Okay. In Eurovision this year, they are a rave metal band, <laughs> um, and the last three songs have been like very costume heavy, nice. um, and like eighties inspired. Uh, and they might be releasing. Their Eurovision song is, I hopefully, it's Pump It, because uh, that's their newest song right. that they've released recently, which is part workout video, part screamo song. <laughs> it's the fucking tits. I need to sh- <laughs> I need to show you both of these ones that please remind me. Eskimo oh, Callboy, Mark Rebier, both excellent. Right. Um, I followed no new YouTube channels this year. No. Stuck to the guns of what I already liked. Ah. Tearzu, fucking. I think. I'll fuck my algorithms up because my NFL team got real good this year. Oh, no. Right until the end when they got real shit. And <laughs> now the algorithm thinks I want to watch NFL videos all the goddamn time. And I, at the time I did, but now I do not. Um, yeah, I don't think I've literally added anyone new this year. I'm just checking. Same thing with podcasts. I don't think I've added any new um, uh, podcasts this year at all. I have been watching... Uh, I mean, I've always been watching Abroad in Japan because... I think Abroad in Japan is a fantastic YouTuber mm-hmm. and I obviously like Japan a lot. Hopefully I'll go there one day. Yeah. Um, but his guests, um, Joey, the anime man, and Connor, C-Dog VA, I've started watching both of their stuff. I, I really enjoy them a lot. It is obviously very Japan-centric. If that's the sort of thing you like, mm-hmm. I can recommend both of those. If you just if you want to support a channel that is basically watch Mojo for video games without being fucking dreadful, yes. I can recommend Triple Jump. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Um, they're they're a sister channel to Cultolic um, Wrestling. Yes. Which oh, why is all the fucking fucking wrestling media based in fucking Newcastle? I know it's weird, right? Come here, yeah. you will give me a job. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, my, the ongoing joke with them is whenever they introduce like a sports game because yes. they don't like sports games, they're just like, oh yeah, here we go, sports time. <laughs> I've played a sports game before, and then like flashes back to them like very badly playing yeah. a sports game. <laughs> I've seen them do like the every Spider-Man video game. Rant, yeah, every part video those game videos rant. are brilliant. They are very good. There's one, I think, didn't they do like every Mario game and it's two and a half hours? Oh yeah, they fucking go for it. Not the longest YouTube video I watched this year though. Which was that? I watched JX's review of um, uh, The 13th Doctor. Uh, oh. It is seven and a half hours. 
You watched seven and a half hours. I watched seven Jeez. and a half hours. Jesus H. Right, okay. Um, there's a guy called Brian Seeker who does recasting yes. videos. Yes, oh my God, his videos are so good. Real good, right? Real, real good. So he's new. Brian David Gilbert's had an experimental year. It's been interesting, hasn't uh, it? I mean, Unraveled was unquestionably one of the greatest things yes. to ever come out of and, Polygon. And I know. appreciate that he was ready to step away and do more stuff that he was interested in, but turns out I'm not interested in the things that he's interested in for the most part. I enjoyed his latest video, which is like his top five games stroke cakes or whatever. Yeah, that was good. That was pretty good. Um, he fucking, there's one bit, the, there's the five seconds of the ah. But, um, where he's like going dun, 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 <laughs> that five seconds of that video is mesmeric and I watch it all the yep. time um, I think that's about it in terms of what I, I added a load of um, uh, Nuzlocke channels that were like doing mad um, challenges so there's a guy called Little Ant who does who does like Mario Speedruns as well but he did mm. um, he was the one who did um, Breath of the Wild randomizer where Super just happened to him he did a pacifist run of Pokemon where he played the entire game without he beat the game without causing damage <laughs> literally wasn't allowed to use attacking moves because only used like leech seed and toxic and shit like that wow for his game he did one where he took no damage and completed platinum wow yeah 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 he had to literally do redo the first battle I think like 30 like it was something <laughs> like 200 times yeah because Trico had to like or whoever the Turtwig had to fucking growl five times in a row <laughs> for it to work um, and stuff like that and then like he had to keep getting Pokemon that was ridiculously fast so mm. they could quick attack everything into mm. oblivion um, one more th- the longest videos I've watched this year yep. it's fucking niche but bear with so there's a spin off from the other wrestling channel I watch Cultaholics is the one that's like kind of fell off a bit for me I watch Wrestle Talk now predominantly yeah. they've got a guy called Adam Blompier who used to be with what culture when right. they spun off into being um, Cultaholic but I think yeah, I think I know which one he is. He yeah. does all the um, the fantasy booking stuff. Yes, he's really good. Did some dodgy stuff just before Call to Hollywood was about to launch in oh, like, dear. terms of talking to girls and trying oh, to get no. yeah, so it was bad. He went away from the internet for a while, claimed he was quitting forever, it lasted two years. He came back. I really like his videos and apparently he has like you know, gone to therapy and he got the help and stuff, so I'm still a bit iffy about mm, it. But yeah, that's weird. He basically it looks like the deal that got him back to it was I want to do a board game channel because hmm. that's his favourite thing to do and there's this video game this board game called Blood on the Clock Tower hmm. I don't think it's actually released like the hard copy yet but they've got like over the pandemic they obviously did like the internet version of it where you do it on webcams and it's like werewolf like whatever one like werewolf whatever it's called but everyone gets powers not right. just like the werewolves and stuff so it's demons versus townsfolk basically these are like two hour videos if it's a good game Give one a watch. Okay. So you don't really need to know who the people are because I only really know him and like one or two of the rest of the people that crop up occasionally. Mm. And it's, they have like a storyteller and a presenter that are like the only people in the know of what's happening. There's like a demon and one like one or two minions and their job is to kill off all the town's people without being discovered and then the town people have got to figure what they can do. Yeah. But everyone gets like a cool power and get, get information People can get drunk and get misinformation, yada, yada, blah, blah. So it's called Blood on the Cocktail from No Rolls Bard. Give it a watch. I'll have to do that. In terms of people who've been good this year and continue to be good, mm-hmm. Tom Scott, really good YouTuber, really still enjoy him, still enjoying Nintendo life. Uh, it's glad I'm glad to see that, you know... Um, so John from Game Explain. Yeah, I saw about that. Yeah. Oh, the Game Explain fallout. Mm. Oh, 
dearie me. But basically, John got saved by Nintendo Life, and now right. it's him and Alex, and it's really funny. Great. So they're great. Um, who else have I been? I've got ERB up because we do have to, we do have to rank the ones we they've do. released this year. We're great. It wasn't great. So they've had three this year. They've yeah. had Ragnar Lodbrok versus Rich and the Lionheart. Shite. Jeff Bezos versus Mansa Musa. Fine. And John Wick versus John Rambo versus John McClane. Oh, that was the new one. Yeah, that's pretty good. I've only listened to it once. So I've only to go back and yeah, not a banner year. Not a uh, banner year. I feel like it was one they're going to come back maybe next year with more stuff. Hmm. Um, I'd love to see him tour again. Yeah, I would. God, that they was... only had two last year. They only had Donald Trump, Joe Biden, and Harry Potter, Luke Skywalker. And they were both pretty good. Yeah, they were but it fine. wasn't. It wasn't like like their last season. Like people hate on the early stuff, but like the George Carlin one was really good. The fucking Burger King McDonald's one's excellent. Yeah, I really like the Vladdy and Paler Count Dracula. That one's good. Uh, and oh, then oh, obviously fucking Joker versus each other. Jesus Christ! <laughs> but like awful Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer. and Thanos. Not necessarily a good song, but deep. Mm. Um, right. I also had in our new podcast, I don't think. Um, quick whiz of that. Uh, no. You should still be listening to the Attitude Era podcast if you like anything about wrestling. One of the guys from Ted Lasso is doing a, a, a con- an interview concept we should have fucking thought of. Right. It's called Films to be Buried With, mm. where he literally tells the guest, you're dead, by the way, and <laughs> tell us the films. And like, he asks questions like, what film would you do this for? What's this film to you? Etc. Mm. Give that a listen. I tried to get into a dinosaur podcast. Didn't work. It's boring as fuck. Yeah. Uh, and so on. It's been ten years of Good Mythical Morning. It has. It has. Fuck a look. Jesus. I like how they admit their mistakes, mm. which is quite nice. They yeah. went, Remember that once we tried to put out five videos a fucking day? <laughs> it didn't Mistake. work. Mistake. <laughs> Remember Good Mythical Live? Mistake. Yep. Um, <laughs> they've got... You can tell they know their mature, their audience is maturing because they yeah. fucking they're not the wholesome good Christian boys anymore, they're are they? Not, they're they're kind of teetering around that, but basically every every episode's got a sex joke in it. Pretty much a fucking not even like thinly veiled at this point. Some of them are fucking up there. Yep. They had fucking paint nudist people. Yeah, that's uh, a weird like, one. They did good mythical evening. They did. I, like, did, I didn't. See I didn't. It's a pay per view event. Yeah, so. I, I ain't doing that. Um, so yeah, fair play to them. You're fucking eternally jealous of them. I mean, talk about proper wallpaper TV. That's some shit you can oh, put yeah. on whenever. I do I do like the ones where they like try every something. Oh, they're good, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, I do like those. We're, we're only two years away from it. Well, we've probably already gone past our 10-year, 10 10-year 10 anniversary. Of like doing what, any topic. stuff, yeah. Yes, but fucking 2014 was when Gardens of the Galaxy 1 came out. Oh my God, we're, we're nearly at 10 away. years. Do you want to feel really old? Go on. Guess what turns 10 years old this year? Gangnam Style. Oh! Mm. Oh! How oh, yeah, I was in university. Yeah. 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 Mm. Okay. Well, we know what we've got to talk about, right? Right. I'm genuinely going to have to set a timer. No. Michael. No, no, genuinely, that's not what I was thinking. we got one more thing to oh, talk about. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about GeoWizard? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> we nearly didn't talk about GeoWizard. <laughs> I thought that's all. I mean, we're building up to the wrestling thing. But, like... You got you did this to me. I did this I to you. I blame you wholeheartedly. I don't care. It's the best. If you don't know about Geo Wizard, I think it came up one of we their, mentioned him last year. Yeah, media of fucking lockdown or whatever it was. Yep. This prick. <laughs> oh, I despise this man. So his deal. Yep. He's a brummy who really wants to cross the country in a straight line. Now, I have to paraphrase this with saying he isn't a complete failure. He did Norway. And yeah. I think he's done somewhere else. No. 
Oh, is that it? He's only... Oh, he did... His warm-up to Wales Attempt 1 was Sutton Park, which I don't think counts. So, yeah. All right. No, so he's done Norway, but that was after two failed attempts at Wales. Now, I'm not basing my dislike on him purely on these videos. I've seen them with the other ones where he also comes across as a condescending prick. Yeah, and he's also a fucking brummy. Yes, which does not help. You might be thinking, but don't they sound like brummies? No, look it up, there is a difference. Look it up. Um... So he does ones where he like does. So if you play GeoGuessr in real life, like when you get plopped on like a Google map and you have to figure mm. out where you are, there's the one where you go try and figure out where you are if you do it in the UK. There is also the international version, where the game I heard was you get plopped somewhere and your objective is to find an airport. Mm. I did that. It thankfully it was in Ireland, so it wasn't too <laughs> difficult. But I did manage to get back to Dublin Airport nice. uh, by literally clicking, click, 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 click. Just the motorway, motorway yeah. <laughs> So he does that in real life, and he's a real sanctimonious bell end about it. Oh God, he's unbearable. Isn't yeah. He? So this is why these attempts to cross Wales fill me with <laughs> so much joy. I mean, Scotland ended fucking dramatically. He went like in the first wave of the pandemic, and then mm. got surprised when people weren't particularly happy with strangers walking across their land, <laughs> and the police tell him to fuck off now. So he's tried to do Wales twice and failed. Yeah. And um, the impetus for this new third attempt is someone emailed him to say, have a look at this route I've planned. I'm going to be trying it. And he was like, fuck you, I want to do it first. Can't have that. Can't have that. So he previously he's failed because he nearly drowned in a bog. <laughs> <laughs> he, drowned, he, he nearly drowned in a bog and got lost in the Misty Mountains. His mate fucking had a medical emergency, so I had to abandon ship and so on. So... Third attempt, he thinks he's going to do it, right? Now, full context, we haven't seen the fourth episode. It's coming out tomorrow. Yes, but in the... Th- so, the second episode is like, right, we got to cross the farmer's fields today, right? Yeah. Now, a little bit of me is like, just phone ahead. Right! Just <laughs> figure, you know, go knock on their door and say, look, I'm trying this. It's a world record yeah. attempt lie if you need to say yeah. you're the last people I need to make sure it's going ahead yeah. like, or you know or I will be on your land between this time and this time yeah. I'm only crossing it I'm yeah. not doing anything weird I'm going to walk over this fence and this fence if you want me to get like a step ladder or something that means I don't actually hit the fence I just fucking get over it yeah. then I will do that and any damage I cause to like hedgerows or whatever charge me for it and I'll fix it yeah that's how you do it, lad. That is how you do it. You don't do this fucking, you know, but he's got such a fucking brilliant, pure idea in his head of how he's going to uh, do it that he's like, God. oh no, for the sanctity of the challenge, I can't do that. So he has to cross these fields. And in the second episode, it's all farmer, yeah. right? And they fucking get him. There's this <laughs> And I've never been so disappointed in a chase sequence in my entire life. Yeah. So they are bombing across this farmer's <laughs> land, right? Easy to fucking quad. Well, it's like a covered quad bike. Yeah. Thing. Like a golf cart yeah. almost. So every time this geezer gets to the fence, these two have just jumped it and then they're yeah. running into the next field. And he's obviously got to then fucking circumnavigate round to get to a gate to get to him. <laughs> and he, he finally catches up with them. They've just jumped the gate, but he's like, fucking stop. And the video pauses. Yep. For this dramatic to go well we had two choices at this point we can either listen to the man telling us to get off his land as is his legal right yeah he's obviously very angry we don't know if he's lo- if he's got a gun or, or... <laughs> and then fucking press resume and they just say sorry we did a world record bye and they just fucking bomb and his mate is trying to like fucking 
like comply. And he's yeah. like, no, Ben, come on, come on, no, Ben, no, no, we're nearly there. Oh, someone else is going to need the line before me. Oh. So they get out of it, and the cocky son of a bitch is like, right, we're now at 95% definitely going to yeah. do this. It's going to happen, immediately sprains his ankle. And you fucking text me <laughs> saying, what level of idiot does he take to try and do a thing that is reliant 100% on keeping a GPS going to track the sanctity of the line? <laughs> How stupid have you got to be to not bring your backup fucking GPS? <laughs> it's like everything that could go wrong in this run happened, and it is like, you know, the meme of the guy like rubbing kissed the other. It's, it's like that feels good the man the batteries are conking out and they're fucking oh. feeding double A's into the thing and it's just eating them for breakfast and they can't figure it out so then is it do you want to tell it well, is this, so he's got his missus following him in the car right yeah because she she does this on every run yeah poor woman where right. she's like having to like cart a fucking kayak around for, for this them. prick like, so, for like 12 yeah. metres of fucking rowing because so, he can't get his feet wet he's he's told us to like meet her at various junctions right so she's got the double A's. So it fucking conks out in the middle of this forest. Yep. They go, right, it's half three in the afternoon. Which, I'm sorry, how did you not have any other way of... Fi- like, didn't bring a compass, didn't nope. bring an ordnance map, nope. didn't bring a phone, didn't bring a... Well, he brought a phone, but, yeah. like, it's not... He, it's he, not a satellite phone. He's got a shitty little... It's not it's a satellite not a phone. It's a Motorola flip phone. From yeah. Good he hasn't YouTube. got a satellite phone. He hasn't got any other way of find of wayfinding yeah. other than... The GPS yeah. tracker. Lad, you're going west. You're <laughs> kicking a compass. And yeah. So he gets up. Like, they abandon the line. They mark on the G- well, the GPS conks out. And the, basically the impetus for the fourth episode is they're going to come back to this spot and carry on. Even though technically they failed again. Even though he's under his own fucking definition from previous ones, they it's have failed. failed. Yep. So he goes up on this mountain and tells his missus to basically walk towards them with the functioning GPS that she's got walk along the line to meet them halfway. Yeah. So he's sending his missus out into backwater fucking hillbilly whales and I was just hoping she doesn't get shot. In the middle of the night. In a pandemic. Oh, yeah, because it's daytime when the pandemic starts. Oh, yeah, starts. When, yeah, yeah. But then you see these twats fucking walking all around trying <laughs> to figure out, like, not going on a straight line. And then he realises, oh, wait, if I can't contact her, she's going to be in the middle of a forest at midnight by herself. Oh no! <laughs> I'll feel terrible if something happens to me. I'm like, if karma doesn't come for you, I'm going to be pissed. Eventually, he finds her. Miraculously, he's not dumped on the fucking spot. Which you suspect he fucking should. Be. I thought she's going to can him round the face, get yeah. in the car, and piss off and leave him in the fucking. Woods. That was the correct answer. But no, she loves him so. Uh, and now he's like, they're like, oh, everything's gone wrong. We're going to try to go back to find the point of the line and carry on, but. I know he's failed, <laughs> and more importantly, he, he knows, knows he's, he's failed. failed. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> it's the best hate watch on YouTube. It, it so is. Like, there's so many people in his fucking comments being like, "This is genuinely the best entertainment." So I'm like, he's a prick. I met someone. Went to put my brother the other day. One of his mates fucking loves this series, and we got into a proper slangy match about it. I was like, <laughs> no, fuck him and the horse riding on. Like, I, I, oh god, I, I don't ever want to see him succeed no him and Jack Grealish the football player are two people in my, my life were defined by their failures of just constantly not winning anything <laughs> makes me happy I was fully convinced Jack Grealish was going to score England's World Cup winning goal and I was going to feel real fucking split up about that so there we go are you ready I'm ready for what's about to happen yep. I'm going to start a half an hour timer because if I go past that it's fucking cruel and unusual punishment okay 
I have been trying to... Re- Do you mind if I sit back? Sit back, Michael. <laughs> sit back. So, right, if you don't care about wrestling, it's time to abandon ship. Yeah, 2021 was a weird old year. Come back for more next year. So, I'm not going to spend any time talking about WWE because it was shit. It was a bad year. Hang on, nothing about WWE? No. None of this... Not a thing. None of this lecture is about WWE because they did not matter this year. Because they they jettisoned all their people. So, they have... In 2021, they fired 80 plus people. The main roster combined of Raw and SmackDown is 78 people. They have fired a roster's worth of people in the last 12 months. And not just schlubs. How does this make business sense? Well, this is the thing. Everyone thinks they're gearing up for a sale and they were just fucking shredding either the people that don't matter and not making TV or are high earners that they're not massively utilising. They sacked Bray Wyatt. Bray, it's not like they're, they're one guy they've got. The guy who's on the cover of the box the last game. The Fiend is gone. Yeah. Oh. He had the most creative view of everyone in the thing, but apparently he was hard to work with, which is code for he cared a lot about his character and was annoyed at him, which we were fucking it up. So they sacked him, and he's yet to come back to wrestling. That was in October. And, oh, no, it was September when he got sacked. Still not back. Braun Strowman, who was a fucking massive deal, he's gone. Um, a lot of people just left. They just let their contracts expire and oh. went. Um, so people like Adam Cole, fucking uh, Carl O'Reilly, Johnny Gagano, all left. And then, just to add insult to industry, they ruined the one good thing I liked. NXT is dead. NXT 2.0 is here. Oh, no. Yes. So... Because they lost to AEW in the ratings war, a ratings war they were, A, never going to win. They were the WWE's third show going against a hot new product and a different show with more fucking viewers. Mm. Nor was it ever meant to win because it was only ever meant to suck viewers away from AEW in the same time slot as opposed to actually beat it and fucking bury the competition. Vince punished NXT by, first of all, having their champion at the time, Karrion Cross, make his Raw debut and lose in 90 seconds clean. Oh. Um, and then basically said, right, we're rebooting NXT. We're calling it NXT 2.0, a phrase no one's used since 2011. Um, and basically, overnight, got rid of all the roster, got rid of this cool indie vibe, and replaced it with gaudy rainbows everywhere and a whole new raft of characters you don't give a shit about. Like, <laughs> like generic mafia type Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> Whatever the fucking Lash Legend is. Um, and a big lad called Bron Breaker. And it's just the worst. It's it's all fucking sense of nuance and ev- literally all the people that were on the roster at the start of the year, with maybe two exceptions, are now gone. There's maybe one or two people left that I'm somewhat invested in, but oh, it's such a fucking castration of my favourite thing. The only saving grace is they changed the name of the pay-per-views. They were all called NXT TakeOvers, and NXT TakeOvers are the best run of wrestling pay-per-views has ever been. Genuinely, there's never been a shit one. They've now stopped and they're just calling them other things now. So the sanctity of this golden run is preserved. But they haven't even stopped. First week of 2022, they sacked off William Regal and half the backroom staff from NXT. Triple H, unrelatedly, had a heart attack this year. Oh, God, really? He's fine. Um, It was a cardiac event, which I think is code for saying it wasn't a heart attack, but something went wrong with his heart. Hmm. But we're not here to talk about NXT because I'll just get fucking angry. Okay. We're going to ignore that. And instead, we're going to talk about All Elite Wrestling. Okay. So, I'm going to start a timer. I'm going to leave you in charge of said timer. Yep. There you are. I've got half an hour. Right. I'm going to tell you about a guy called Adam Page. So, this is a story that is two years in the making that culminated this year, right? Right. And it's a story 
about self-doubt. Now, that doesn't sound like a groundbreaking concept for fucking wrestling storytelling, but let me tell you, I've been watching this for 22 years, mm. and this is the first major storyline that has anything about self-doubt and not believing in yourself. Because all wrestlers, regardless of position on the fucking card, are self-perpetuating confidence machines, mm. right? They all believe they are the greatest thing in the world at all times, despite what their fucking win-lose record says, right? So, this is about Adam Page. Now, key facts about Adam Page. Handsome. Um, <laughs> legitimate cowboy. Actually owns a ranch. Yeah. And his nickname is The Hangman, right? And he... I remember seeing him fucking years ago in Ring of Honor, when Ring of Honor was a stud factory, and thought, well, that's going to be the next WWE star. That didn't really happen, because he fell in with a bunch of lads called The Elite, who have the other three main characters in this story. You've got a guy called Kenny Omega... Who I've shown you before. He's the guy who came in. Dressed up as Sans. Dressed as Sans. Yeah, I know that guy. You know the boy. Uh, King of the Weebs is Kenny Omega. His yep. finishing move is literally called the One Wing Angel after Sephiroth. Jesus. And he is known as the best bait machine, right? In Japan, he was the fucking foreign star, right? He had everyone's best match. Five stars, six stars, seven star matches. So he's battled Shinsuke. He has... Wait, don't he miss... He might have missed Shinsuke. It was Okada that he faced, yeah. right? So him and Okada have like... Dave Meltzer, the wrestling journalist, he is he has a five star scale. Omega versus Okada two got seven and a half stars. Jesus, it's the highest rate his match has ever done in thirty to forty years of wrestling journalism. Right, the other two main characters are a tag team called the Young Bucks. They are real life brothers Nick and Matt Jackson. They claim to be the greatest tag team in the world, and they might be true. But the problem is they are such sanctimonious cunts that it kind of ruins it. Like it's unclear. If they either live the gimmick and just pretend to be super confident assholes. Oh, is this the Da Vinci guys? Or are they WWE? Da Vinci? I'll show it you. Hang yeah. on. So they, either they live the gimmick and are doing it to annoy people or they genuinely believe their own hype. I can't watch any like interviews with them because I find them so self-aggrandizing, self-flatulating that I can't watch them. Anyway, so Adam Page fell in with this group called The Elite and... At one point, they're all on the verge of going to WWE. Um, no, that's not them. Okay. Um, cool. They're on the verge of going to WWE when a guy called Nick uh, Tony Khan came along. Tony Khan is the son of the owner of Fulham Football Club and the Jacksonville Jaguars in the NFL. <laughs> Jaguars. And they said, "I want." He's like, "I want to form a wrestling company." He's mm. a fucking huge wrestling fan. He's got a lot of money from Daddy, and he wants to make a wrestling company. <laughs> so he got Kenny, uh, the Young Bucks, and another guy called Cody Rhodes to come in as like executive vice presidents of this thing. Um, and he was like, their, their first talent signing was Adam Page because they saw that him as like he's a fucking stud, right? Young guy, can talk and fucking wrestle. Right, he's the fucking guy we want to be basing this company on. They bring him in, and basically from the start, they're like, he's saying up in the first like press conferences, I want to be the first AEW world champion. Now, there's a thing with wrestling fans, where the second they get a whiff that someone is the company guy, they fucking turn on him. It's called the John Cena problem, mm. where John Cena was pushed just by everyone telling him, like, no, we want new other people, but the company were like, no, John Cena's the only fucking answer. <laughs> and then it got even worse when they tried to do it again with Roman Reigns, because we've just had 10 years of John Cena doing this, we don't want to do this shit again. So AEW fans kind of rejected Adam Page, even though he's been shown as the good guy. Problem was, he was also going against much-beloved veteran Chris Jericho in the match to crown the first champion. And he fucking loses. Now, whether... AEW fucking pivoted at this point into, right, well, let's make this a story then, that he doesn't believe in himself and he thinks he's let the fans down, or if it was the plan all along, whatever, I don't know. But it started this fucking journey that I'm about to try and recap 
in about 25 minutes. So, key thing, before the match, he asked the Young Bucks, do you want to be in my corner? Because they always accompanied Kenny to the ring on his fucking big matches in Japan. And they said, no, that's everything we do with Kenny. We're still in the group and we're still friends, but we're not going to do that. So afterwards, Adam Page comes to these two and says, well, you didn't want to accompany me. I lost. I know the elite is for winners. I'm going to quit. I'm going to go my separate ways and maybe in the future. And the young books like to tell him, no, you're still in the fucking group. Don't Just a little check. This is kayfabe. This is all in kayfabe. Gotcha. Yes. This is done on their behind-the-scenes show called Being the Elite. Again, it's Young Bucks being sanctimonious. I can't watch it, but that type of thing happens on here. It's behind-the-scenes stuff. Behind-the-scenes, but in kayfabe. So, Adam Page not feeling great. Keeps losing a lot. But so is Kenny Omega, who was brought in to be like the fucking ringer. He's meant to be winning everything. He's having great matches, but he's losing. So these two go, fuck it, we're both in the Elite. Let's be a fucking tag team. Now, these two could not be more fucking opposite from each other, other than the fact they're in the same group. Fucking Kenny Omega, king of the weebs. He has no drug other than anime. Um, <laughs> you know, doesn't drink, doesn't do anything. Fucking <coughs> wrestling. And so the young books are as well. They, they don't drink. They're good Christian boys. Adam Page, on the other hand, being a cowboy from the safe, likes a drink. Now, it's never like done to like an alcoholism level, mm. but it's clear that he's drinking to cover up his fucking emotions. Right. Um, so they become a tag team. It goes real fucking well for him. To the point where they actually win the fucking tag team titles. But this causes a problem in the elite because the Young Bucks are meant to be the tag team of the group and they've not won the titles in the company. They've fucking set up mm. and now two singles guys fucking usurped them. This is where a crack starts to form in this group. <laughs> and it's largely a crack between the Young Bucks and Adam Page with Kenny Omega stuck in the middle of his best friends and his tag team partner. And it all comes to a head when they eventually have a tag match against each other for the titles. It's a fucking banging match. This is 2019, by the way. This is how far back I'm going. They have a banging match, but Adam Page and Kenny Omega win. The fucking fissure gets bigger. Mm. And it's not helped by the fact a new tag team comes in called FTR. There are good southern boys who, in K-Fab at least, go way back with Adam Page. They love fucking drinking and they hate anime. So therefore, they are much more like <laughs> Adam Page than they are everyone else. They specifically hate anime. Yeah. So they get in the ear of Adam Page and play on his self-doubt and his fucking, this idea that he's like causing all this friction in the group and he, you know, he's causing all these splinters to happen. They say, like, well, you know, we're in a number one contenders match with the Young Bucks next week. If they win, do you think they can take losing to you again? That's probably going to break the elite up. I mean, if, if you face us and we lose, it's fine. We're good friends. We're not going to turn on you. But, you know... I'm a fucking snake. <laughs> I like to hurt all people. So, Adam Page fucking listens to him because he's just desperate for friendship at this point. So he thinks these two are trying to be his friends. Costs the young books the match. Nothing violent. He just like grabs the leg to prevent them breaking up the pin. But obviously this backfires. The fucking young books blow up at him saying, well, you're fucking, you know, you're costing us matches now. You're losing, you know, you're fucking drinking too much. And they boot him out of the elite. You're out of the fucking group. All he's got left is his fucking titles with Kenny Omega. And this is the point where FTR goes, oh, you dumb bitch. Of course we've fucking manipulated you. We've now got a tag match against you and we're going to fucking win. And they do. And they take the titles off of fucking Kenny and Adam. But at the end of the match, Adam Page, he's fucking exhausted. He goes to like fall into Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega just fucking sidesteps him. Adam Page hits the map like a sack of shit. And he's like, I'm fucking done with you. Be gone. The next night, he's like, right, uh, Adam Page is a great tag team guy. I'm a great singles guy and always have been. I'm entering the tournament to crown the number one contender to the AW World Championship. Um, Adam Page also enters that tournament. And wouldn't you know it, they're in the final against each other. Now, at this point, they haven't really had like a big breakup argument or whatever, but like 
there's clearly some friction. Um, and Kenny Omega wins. Brilliant match, Kenny Omega wins. He's going to go on to face the champion. Now, at this point, our stories diverged a little bit. I'll do... Is Kenny better to do first, or is Adam better to do first? We'll do... Adam first. So, at this point, um, the Young Bucks are now facing FTR for the tag titles, and they win. And this is a really horrible bit where Kenny comes down to, like, party with them, and they're all coming to, like, congratulate the Young Bucks. And in the background, they don't linger on it. You see Adam Page start to come down the entrance ramp, then look sad, turn round, and fucking walk off again. And it's, oh, it's all sad. Now, at this point, a team called the Dark Order come into things. <laughs> mm. They're led by a bloke called Brody Lee, who was in WWE as Luke Harper as part of the White Family. He left a cult because he didn't want to be seen as a guy who only does, like, culty things in wrestling, and then immediately joined a cult. Um, <laughs> but he was the head of this one instead of being like a side person right so the Dark Order are basically the putty patrol fucking Brody <laughs> Lee has got like a business cult going on where he just attracted all these losers and turned them into his own fucking personal <laughs> shield it's like Triple H in wrestling, yeah, yeah, yeah. wrestling right you've got all these fucking losers these video <laughs> game I'm X-Pac <laughs> exactly that all these fucking video game nerds are all fucking he's, but they've, he's militarised them right yeah. and he sees Adam Page as like the fucking crown jewel man He's the fucking one he wants more than anything. But they keep failing to recruit him. And they... Because he's like, no, I don't want to join your cult. And they're like, we're not a cult. Um, <laughs> they keep trying and keep trying. Because like, they're all dweebs other than fucking their militant dictator. And But Adam Page really fucking hates himself at this point. And after the Young Bucks win the tag titles, they the Dark Order are in their little clubhouse... And they've decided, right, we're finally going to give up on Hangman. And they're, st- they're literally chanting, fuck Hangman, fuck Hangman. <laughs> Adam Page walks in, gets a drink, and joins in with the chant. <laughs> saying, fuck Hangman. So this is him at his lowest ebb. Right, we have to really talk about Kenny Omega real quick. There will be a pause in the audio in a second as I show you the single most funny thing that happened in 2021. Right. So he has this match against John Moxley for the title. And in order to win the title, Kenny Omega turns heel. Super mega heel. And wins the title through nefarious means. Proving all along Adam Page wasn't the problem in the group. Kenny Omega was. And the Young Bucks turned heel shortly after this. Showing they're all the shit. And Adam Page was the good guy who believes himself to be the problem. Mm. Mm. Kenny Omega and John Moxley are going to have a rematch. Now I almost let the cat out of the bag earlier this year. Mm. They have a rematch in something called... An exploding barbed wire death match. <laughs> this is a big thing in Japan in the 90s, right? Yeah. Developed by this guy called Anita. Who I, my accent makes it sound like I'm saying Anita. It's an O. Anita. Yeah. I'm not talking about a woman called Anita. <laughs> so, Anita, um, but two basic concepts of the exploding barbed wire death match. We'll tackle the barbed wire bit first. Right. Either the ropes are wrapped in barbed wire. Yes. Or the ring is wrapped in barbed wire. They get rid of the ropes and just wrap that shit around it, right? And it looks, it's slightly gimmicked, but still they get nicked and scratches and fucking all that business. The exploding part comes in two forms. (laughs) If you hit the barbed wire, a little explosion goes off. They say it's C4, but that feels like too dangerous for it to be around humans. (laughs) So explosions go off. If you get hit by weapons that are covered in um, uh, barbed wire, other explosions go off. But there's a big timer, usually about 30 minutes, counting down to zero. And every, like, ten minutes, though, whomp, you get to the two-minute mark, whomp, whomp, it sounds like a fucking bomb's going to go off. <laughs> now, I've seen the famous one that's Anita versus Terry Funk. 
people genuinely in the front rows start fucking legging it because it <laughs> sounds like a fucking bomb's about to go off, right? Anita in the in this like nineties match, fucking Terry Funk is knocked out cold. Anita's like, oh no, my mentor is fucking. I need to wake him up, and he's trying to wake him up. He has to eventually just jump on him as the thing hits zero, and the fucking ring goes kaboom. <laughs> right now, obviously, it's a fucking smoke and mirrors thing. It's yeah, just yeah. a bunch of. There's enough explosives to make the ring go like jump maybe a foot in the air, mm. but largely just a load of smoke goes off. Now, they hadn't done this in America because, as anyone who's seen Takeshi's Castle will know. The only reason they got away with this in Japan is because Japan has a lax understanding of health and safety rules. It's probably because the Japanese are basically indestructible. Essentially, yes. But even then, Anita like, kept going with this concept. And there's one where he literally has to clear the ring because they put so much explosive underneath it. It looks like fucking Hiroshima. <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to do this for the first time in American history. Right. For some ungodly reason, they didn't pre-tape this, even though they were doing it in an empty arena because it was still pandemic times, yeah, yeah. right? So... They're having this match, fucking John Moxley loses, and the siren has now hit the 30-second mark. The commentators are fucking screaming. John Moxley's handcuffed. He can't get up. He's in the ring. Hmm. Fucking his best mate, um, Eddie Kingston, he's trying to fight his way because people are trying to hold him back. And he's like, no, I've got to save my friend. <laughs> right. There will be a brief pause in the action yep. whilst I show you this fucking video. Okay. Wham! <laughs> and as Michael is laughing, I'll bring us back into the room to say... So, if you've seen the Anita ones, <laughs> fucking Armageddon is unleashed. What happened is best is, what if you had to do a fireworks display in an old people's home and you had a five-pound budget? <laughs> Allegedly, the day before yeah. the test run, the ring fucking shot up, massive fucking explosion, it looked cool. But they didn't bother to record that version. Oh, no. They said, fuck it, we'll do it live. And apparently there's a pyrotechnics failure, because essentially some Catherine wheels go off, yep. some sparklers go off on yep. the things... And then a, a bit of a kaboom happens five foot away from the ring. <laughs> now, they had a choice at this point. Either continue with kayfabe and act like a fucking bomb has just gone off, even though with anyone with functioning eyes can tell, it didn't. Or pivot and go, well, something clearly went wrong and maybe Kenny Omega played a prank and all that stuff. They unfortunately went with option A. Oh, no. <laughs> Eddie Kingston, because obviously the rest of the ring don't know it looks shit. Yeah. So Eddie Kingston sold it like he was passed out from fear. Like, he's literally like, oh, my God. It's genuinely, it almost tanked the company. Like, it was so fucking ridiculed. <laughs> and it's still to this day, like, the funniest goddamn thing. <laughs> the parodies the next day were fucking... Mm, uh. So, anyway, Kenny Omega keeps the title for most of the year, defeats all fucking comers. Now... This is where ugly, like real life rears its ugly head for a second. Brody Lee, on Boxing Day last year, died oh. out of nowhere oh. of a chest infection. Like, not COVID, it was a chest disease. Something happened to him. And it was like right in the middle of the story. Right was about to, like, you know, Adam Page was going to fucking usurp him and save all the dweebs. And it was fucking proper dark. And everyone came out and was like so glowing about him in life and blah, blah, blah. They pivoted. And immediately declared his 12-year-old son as the new leader of the Dark Order. And, yeah, overnight, the Dark Order becomes the most wholesome thing on TV. Because it's a bunch of dweebs trying to help a 12-year-old, like, have fun. 
in the wake of a horrible fucking real life tragedy. That's surprisingly wholesome. It's so beautiful, right? And he's like basically trying to be his dad, so he's still like acting like he's berating them and chucking like his thing was to get a big roll of paper and just fucking smash people with it. <laughs> and yeah, so these these big dorks helping a kid to grieve. So obviously they become massive baby faces <laughs> overnight. So they redouble their efforts to get Adam Page to join. Because, like, look, we're good now. And they 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 are deeply in love with Adam Page. And he keeps saying, look, we can be friends. And we can hang out and do dorky stuff. But I'm not joining your group. Eventually, it comes to a, a proposal happens in the ring where John Silver of the Dark Order gets down on one knee and says, will you join the Dark Order? And he's given hints that he might say yes. But he goes like, no, but obviously they're trigger happy, so the big he said yes thing fucking falls <laughs> down, and they're like, oh no, 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 fucking send the horse back. No, he just get the, a big horse comes out with a bow, and it's like, no, fucking send the horse. <laughs> and he's like, look, I was in a group before, and I nearly fucking killed it. I am poison, so you've got a good thing going on. You're helping a kid to grieve. I can't jeopardize that because I am poison to all friendships. So, no. At this point, he's also winning a lot more. Because he's, you know, he's got some friends now that actually like him. He's not joining the group, but he's friendly with them. And eventually he wins so much that he can't be ignored anymore by Kenny Omega. Kenny's out there fucking bragging that he's beating everybody. And out come the Dark Order to say, we know someone who'd want to beat you. And Kenny fucking laughs him off saying, he does not believe he can beat me. Because otherwise he'd be out here saying this himself. He fucking, he knows he can't beat me. And he's going to be real pissed at you for fucking coming out here and saying that, you know... He wants a match. And they're right. Fucking backstage, Adam Page fucking barges in. They're going, what the fuck is saying to Kenny? I can do that. You know, do you think I'm scared of him? And it's so nice because they're just like, we don't care if you lose. We know you can beat him, but it doesn't matter if you if you win or you lose. It's just that you do your best. Because they were the friends he needed the whole time, Michael. <laughs> they were his real friends with these fucking dorky bastards. So, we, he come, right, so... Uh, again, real life kind of comes up. They have to stall the story out for a little while because um, Adam Page has to go and have a baby in real life. So cool. he has to go and be a dad for a bit. So we get a little bit of a stalling of the story for a few months where they write him off TV by costing... They have a big 10-man match. It's excellent. So the fucking Dark Order come out as cowboys. It was... AEW <laughs> is not against corporate synergy. Right. So not only was there a match where the Elite came out dressed as the Ghostbusters this year... There's also one where they came in as the Toon Squad from Space Jam. Oh, good Which God. happened to be this match, which was full of, like, storyline stuff. It loses something <laughs> because they're all dressed as the fucking Looney Tunes. <laughs> anyway, they they come out. The fucking Adam Page's title shot was on the line. The Dark Order loses. Adam Page goes away for a while. He eventually comes back a few months later, wins a match that gives him a fucking immediate match against Kenny. And it, it's all coming down to this one fucking match, right? And in the build-up... Just before it's about to go down, because now it's a proper blood feud, they're all like hitting each other, fucking making each other bleed. Before the match, Adam Page goes up to the Young Bucks and says, Look, I know I've fucked you over before. You fucked me over before. I say we say it's a fucking truce. I, for my part, wholly and sincerely apologise for everything I've done to you. But if you get in my way on Sunday, I'll make it my life's mission to make your life miserable. And then we have the match. It's a fucking excellent match full of fucking emotionality, <laughs> right? He's coming down the home stretch. Adam Page has got fucking Kenny Omega on the back foot. The Young Bucks appear and everyone's like, oh, here we fucking go. They're going to cost him. But they don't. The apology meant something to them. And even though they're Kenny's best mates, they basically say like, okay, 
we're not going to do anything. And they let him hit his fucking finishing move, fucking belt his head <laughs> off, pins him, one, two, three. The Dark Order come out and they're about to give him a beer and he fucking takes the beer, hooks it over his shoulder and just hugs them all because <laughs> the real beer was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> And it's the best thing that's happened in wrestling all fucking year. <laughs> oh, that nearly took me 50 minutes the last time I tried to tell that story. I'm sure I've missed bits out, but yeah, it's wrestling at its best because it's fucking, it's been, it's been funny. It's been serious. It's had fucking excellent matches the whole way through. It's, oh, and this is why AW is now the company. WWE is so stuck in its ways and so shit and awful. I'm canceling the network once WrestleMania is done. Damn. Like, it's the Rumble in two weeks, I'm going to watch that, watch Mania, and then I'm like, I'm good. AEW's given me all I need. They've signed all my favourite people, up to and including the person that fought, who was um, Adam Page's first championship fucking um, feud, was against my favourite wrestler of all time, Daniel fucking Bryan. No longer going by his slave name, <laughs> Daniel Bryan. He's now Brian, Brian Danielson. Danielson. Yeah. And he's back, and he's so fucking... Basically... <laughs> So he was he headlined WrestleMania this year. <coughs> headlined WrestleMania this year against Roman Reigns and Edge. Had a fucking banging match. Had a loser leaves team match against Roman because his contract was up. Had a fucking banging match. He said, right, there's six months left of the year. I've still got time to be the number one wrestler of 2021. Let's fucking go. <laughs> and just came into AEW like a fucking house on fire. And banging match after banging match. He said he felt nothing at WrestleMania because he knew his time was up. Mm. And now he's getting beat to shit and bloody in every match just to feel something. So he gets his fucking chest to... He's a multi-millionaire at this point, right? But in order to feel joy, he has to have his chest turned into spaghetti. What you're saying is he's going through his Batman arc. Basically, yes. <laughs> and he, he was Adam Page's first fucking view. He turned heel for it. They had a fucking hour-long draw which I don't think there's enough money that I own to convince you to watch an hour-long draw wrestling match. But trust me, it was fucking excellent. <laughs> He's already had a match of the year contender, and it's three weeks into 2022, because they had a rematch on Dynamite that was went half an hour, and it was fucking excellent. AEW <laughs> is the shit. I think most of my top five matches, which, as I've saved myself time, I will bomb over real fucking quick. Cool. Um, right, only some of them are from actual WWE. But the ones you want to watch, Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros in a steel cage match. Um, I think that was on All Out, yeah. If you like flips, this is the match <laughs> for you. The Young Bucks, flippy boys. The Lucha Bros, well, one half of them is very flippy bro. Uh, and they just flipped around a cage for fucking <laughs> half an hour. It's excellent. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens from the Rumble last year is a last man standing match that is... It's my Dark Horse pick, because no one else seems to remember how good it was. It's just a hardcore match. It has the best GIF of the year. Let me find the GIF <laughs> real quick. Um, so, at one point, a golf cart got involved. Oh. Which is always good news for uh, for a wrestling the, show. Are you saying that they used a bit of vehicular manslaughter to spice up the match? Just a tad. Just a um, bit. Right, I've got to find it, because it's in January, <laughs> but it's worth the wait. Uh <laughs> Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I can't even add anything whilst you're trying to find this gift because I've not seen any of this shit. Oh no! And probably oh, it's because I'm looking at likes, not media. Oh, um, no. You know, I'll talk about the other ones whilst I find the gift yep. that I am looking for. That I am looking for <laughs> right now. It's worth it. <laughs> Trust me. Any second. Oh, there's WrestleMania. You're nearly there. Got it. Better. Where's be. the rumble? Where's the rumble? 
Where's the rumble? Oh, man. Oh, I didn't post that gift. You know oh, what? I'll man. show you later. Basically, it's Kevin Owens getting ran over by a golf cart um, <laughs> that comes in from nowhere from the right-hand side of the screen. Kevin's just like... It's like Final Destination. Yeah. Kevin's just wandering around and all of a sudden... <laughs> <laughs> as Roman Reigns tries to kill him. Um, like, third match of the year was... Uh, I've literally put in the written version it's Daniel Bryan versus Bryan Danielson because he just had so many good matches I couldn't pick which one was best so I just said all of them uh, <laughs> Kenny Omega versus Adam Page the one I've just talked about from Full Gear the AW World Championship match is the best by the way there is a video recap of the whole fucking Adam Page saga in the written review it's five episodes long it'll probably take you about an hour and a half to watch but in terms of the best match of the year, it's something you can actually contribute to. It can. You've seen part one it of it. It can, I can. <laughs> it's Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. Now, yeah. Last year, they had part one of this in an empty arena. Yes. Thoughts? <laughs> this, the, the, the heavy blunt force of man on man in an empty arena is somewhat discomforting. But it's got pain, it's got blood, mm-hmm. it's got tears... It's weirdly satisfying and also like you feel like you want to just crawl inside your own mouth watching it because a man nearly died. <laughs> Made even better by the fact that's where they shoot all the Champions League stuff with Gary Lineker hosting. Same exact room. <laughs> and I can never watch that again knowing that that's where fucking Walter nearly killed the <laughs> dragon off. So part two is maybe a 2% lesser match but it's still the best match of this year by a country for right. well. And it has the happy... It, well, it happens in front of a crowd... Not a UK crowd who I think if this had happened at a UK takeover, mm. I was at a, a relatively middling UK takeover and it had massive reactions all the way through. And I was there, the Walter Main evented that against Tyler Baden. It was the best match I've ever seen live. To see this in like if this had happened in London, it would have been fucking unbelievable. It was in front of Americans, less so. Yeah. But it has the happy ending. Ilya not only wins, he taps that bastard out. <laughs> and it's so fucking satisfying to see the little Russian that could fucking <laughs> hold the little title at the end. It is basically the last great match of NXT. I'm treating it as the death of NXT 1.0 and the, whatever this is, not NXT. NXT ends. That is a season wrap on NXT, is this fucking match. Could it be made only better if the guy who's got like a prayer comes out? Oh, if Grado came to fucking Grado. Why not? It's oh. I just want to hear that. I just want to be in a room full of people and see a fat Scottish man <laughs> dance, come, to... dance to the ring to Madonna yeah. to a lot of grown men fucking singing. Yep. I've never actually seen Grado live. I would have liked to have seen it, but uh, yeah. How's he stopped? He's he's in like sitcoms now. There's something called like Our House. It's a Scottish, like hmm. predominantly Scottish, like sitcom, but he does air over here. And he's like a main. He's pivoted into being a TV actor now. Interesting. But, yeah. That, the gif of him giving the thumbs up. I need that. I, Just a, a fucking gun. It's so good. So I haven't even watched NXT UK after this point. So I'm like, where do we go? Walter's basically wrapping up with NXT UK now. Ilya's still there, but the rest of the fucking roster's not great. Hmm. I'm surprised they haven't been all released, to be fair. They're the only brand that's had no releases this year because I think Vince McMahon doesn't know about them. <laughs> I think they just exist in the fucking... Like, they're over there, so he doesn't actually think about them and he has object permanence problems. <laughs> if he can't see you, he can't fire you. So they're just staying in the UK for now. But yeah, it's beautiful. And that was wrestling. Sure was. Is there anything else we need to cover? It's been nearly two hours. I think we're good. Yeah, I think we're good. <laughs> So that was 2021. That's 
everything. You've had movies, you've had your games, you've had your TV, you've had your wrestling. Now, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, big yeah. year. Um, next week, or in the next couple of days, we'll also be giving you the 2022 draft. So we are picking movies, games, TV, and of course, our all-star team mm-hmm. uh, as what we're going to be tracking yeah. via the use of Metacritic and or Rotten Tomatoes to see who wins the year. Starting with one of your picks, yes, Pokemon Arceus, in two weeks or so. Yep. So we've thankfully stalled out January with all these fucking retrospective things long enough to actually have something substantial to review. Yeah. So that'll be good. I don't know how we're going to get a challenge run out of it, but damn it, we'll try. Oh. We've not done a challenge run. We haven't. And I'm not about to buy Shining Pearl or Billion Robin. We should have done with Sword and Shield, but we just didn't. No. We were too busy completing the goddamn Pokedex. Oh, I've already done my Pokemon Home maintenance to yeah. make the gats for all the people it makes me very happy oh oh do you do all your um original variants in the thing then or do you oh no no i've got i've got because there's gonna be i need to make a box for hisuian variants you are there's, right there's i've got i had to rearrange my whole forms fucking boxes to do all that and figure it this is based off leaks that i've seen like, i think we're getting these two and i think we're getting oh this i one. don't think i've seen any leaks. oh okay okay do you, do you want me to tell you fucking may as well Allegedly, 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 seven brand new Pokemon. Okay. And roughly speaking, I think about 16 Hisuian forms. Interesting. Which is pretty good. Um, They've no, if, if this hasn't actually fully leaked, we also still, they still haven't officially shown off the climbing yet. No, which they is haven't. supposedly in there. Right, I'm going to check Centro leaks real quick, see if anything's leaked in the last like day or so. I forgot about Centro. Uh, He's really good at those leaks. Oh. They just posted one that says, and here we go. go. So I think oh, one person potentially has a cartridge. So it Somebody's looks like, got one. Somebody's got yeah, a copy. Yeah. Oh, it's coming out soon then. Oh, it's coming. So yeah, as you hear, this is probably old news. Everything's leaked. But uh, <laughs> yeah, apparently it's there. Seven new Pokemon and taking them up to 905, I think. Yeah. So, oh my God. We're on 898 at the minute. So that'd be 906. No, 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 five. I'm, no, five. I can't do uh, that. And then 16 to 17 Hisuian forms. Which so. you'd think, you know, we haven't seen Hisuian Arcanine yet. No. We haven't seen Hisuian Electrode yet. No. We haven't seen... Oh, there's, there's We've others. seen Zoroark and Zoroa. There's others I could tell you about, but I don't want to tell you about right. um, Not on air, anyway. But you'll yeah. get to hear all of that in our upcoming review of Pokemon Legends Arceus. If you haven't already had your fill of all of the 2021 review stuff that we have on the site. Have you got used to writing the new date yet? No, I haven't. I have I'm not. still <laughs> doing that thing where I have to bend the one into shape. It's it's, it's pliable at the very least. Mm, it's yeah. all right. Yeah. Anyway, you can go and find me on Twitter and Instagram and at that, Mike Owen. You can go and find Darren on Twitter and Instagram and at the Goodridge. You can find the site on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook under the name Fowlent. That's F-O-U-L-E-N-T. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you can pick up an RSS feed under the username Fowlent. Or Fowlent Podcast, depending on the service you're using. And of course, go to fowlentertainment.com for the end of year articles, all the podcasts we covered, and all the juicy, juicy things coming up in 2022. Like I said draft next week or in the next couple of days depending on what the upload schedule looks like i think we're trying to get this out pretty much all before january finishes mm-hmm. so i'd say it's probably days rather than weeks yep. then we're kicking off into arceus and then we're in the great world open it is oscar season movies are coming out i promise you whether you see any of them is a different story darren Who knows? might be another very heavy mike uh oscar episode again probably. where you've seen like one of them 
More than likely, in all honesty. But we'll, you never know. There's no Morbius. That's not happening until no. April. Oh, no. So that leaves Uncharted as probably the next thing we'll review outside of Arceus. I think you're right. Oh, no. Might be Jackass. Might be Jackass. How do you review a Jackass film? <laughs> We shall see. Hey, but... We've never reviewed a Jackass film outside of you mentioning making Jackass pick a thing. Yes, you're welcome. So that's interesting. I mean, unless you re- unless you're going to watch Nightmare Alley, but it's Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro, and I know that you have not a good relationship with him. Eh, eh. I just don't like Pacific Rim. Fair. <laughs> I mean, you're wrong, but okay. So yeah, we'll see you in 2022, which is now. Bye, everybody. Bye.